I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, don't condescend to me with your tiny pair. And I'm off Sedensky. And Alex, I liked you more when we were doing 45-minute podcast episodes. That was the right amount of Chester. But since then, it has become too much Chester. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 7, Episode 1, Funkhauser's Crazy Sister, which originally aired on September 20th, 2009. Um, Av, do you remember like the, like, the excitement and elation that would build like for a new season of Curb back then? Um, I do. And I think this season in particular, really, everyone was just really, really stoked for it just because of like the whole, um, you know, the buildup of the Seinfeld storyline that started like when it started to leak out that this was something that was going to happen. And then like once it was actually like confirmed, like this is actually happening. We're going to get like this Seinfeld reunion. Um, I think that was like kind almost like the seminal moment of, of Curb. I mean, I, I didn't actually look at the ratings, but I would guess that this is around when it really peaked culturally. So I will say not talking about the TV ratings for a moment, but talking about like the episode rankings from like all these different websites I found on the Internet. The cumulative ranks for season seven are higher than any previous season. And so um, I think you're right, like just the 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 overall excitement and but also the quality of the episodes, you know, where we're going to have the whole Seinfeld cast back. Uh, and, and, and people knew that coming in and thought it was going to be a lot of fun. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of big guests showed up on the show. Maybe we'll have a couple of guests uh, here on pretty, pretty, pretty good this season. Yeah. And you know what? The, the the reason why, to an extent, is that it's like it's almost like the makeup call where like obviously this doesn't fix the Seinfeld ending, but it's like they had the audacity to try to do this and they actually nailed it this time. And like just like everyone left like feeling very like warm and fond about like this version of like the last thing we saw of the Seinfeld gang. Yeah. And I I think that just like adds a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, of course, like no, it doesn't fix it, you know. And like, honestly, like, who cares? Like, not, yeah, yeah. What's your obsession? The Seinfeld finale wasn't so bad. <laughs> well, that's I'm how I'm about Game of Thrones, honestly. So I understand how you. The feel. Seinfeld finale is complete trash. I don't think it takes away from anything <laughs> with Seinfeld, but there still was a sourness, I think, with a, like a big part of the fan base, even though it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. That like getting to see these characters one more time together like this was just like awesome, and you know, it's like. You know the what we what we saw in season four with like the madness of the producers. This just like does another layer on top of that. Like as we just like get further and further into like the ridiculousness of the season, and like when we actually see them like staging the uh, you know the episodes, it's just like it's so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's the second time we're seeing this, of course, because we on Seinfeld we saw Seinfeld do Seinfeld when yeah, they called the Jerry thing, and so on Seinfeld uh, Seinfeld does Jerry. And now on Curb, Larry's doing Seinfeld. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And usually when like these like, you know, goats go away and then come back, it's always a disappointment. Like, um, you know, Michael Jordan on the Wizards or like Arrested right. Development, the Netflix season. Um, yeah, but I don't think I, I don't know any Seinfeld fans slash Curb fans who don't like the Seinfeld season seven storyline on Curb. Yeah, and it's just like it was already by then a thing that like you'd already seen like spec scripts of Seinfeld was already a thing on the internet and like people yeah. writing like fake Seinfeld storylines. So it's just like there was already so much Seinfeld fan fiction out there to actually see like Jerry yeah. and Larry get yeah. to write Seinfeld. Like they can do their own. It's just, yeah, like, yeah. It's just like it was just like it was just like the world folding in on itself. Yeah. Um. And you know, like with you know, if there was no curb, if there was no Seinfeld, there never would have been curb. Um. 
you know, so it's just like the convergence of everything together. So I'm really, really pumped for this season. I'm excited to be back for season seven. Um, very excited about the, uh, the interview we did last week and the calm with Kai Brackett. Um, I think that went very well. I think the rightful winner was declared. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Um, um, yeah, no, it's very exciting. And by the way, it's also, frankly, it's like, it's a smart business move, like career move by Jerry, because in 1998, Jerry's, you know, the king of the absolute universe. But by 2007, 2008, 2009, I think Larry has surpassed him in sort of in terms of like the at the moment, you know, sort of Hollywood rankings and perception uh, in comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of and, you know, the the Cheryl storyline is also just very good the way it intertwines. It's like it's almost like the whole season is like an episode of Seinfeld's. Yeah. Also, just like the way like the different things kind of go back and forth over the season. But like, yeah, yeah. it'll be fun to uh, to go down that road. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't we didn't have to wait so long on Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. We only had to wait two weeks. Uh, since, yeah, we uh, took, you know, we uh, we took a one week. Well, we didn't take a week off. We had to come with Kai Brackett. Yes. But we uh, we took a week off. For us, we took a, we, me and you yeah. took a week off. So, you know, it's been a while. No, after uh, we did, uh, we did the. Uh, after season seven and eight, that's when Larry takes five years off, right? Or is that eight and nine? Uh, I think so. Yeah. No, right. I think seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and ten were pretty close to each other. So do we have to have five uh, uh, special uh, week episodes? We'll have to think of something. <laughs> this summer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think of something. I'm excited for this season. We have um, we have several, I think, fun guests kind of lined up. Um, you know, we have a couple confirmed. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think the guests that we've had so far have been really fun, and we've got to hear a lot of different perspectives. And um, I feel like they've just been uh, lately adding a lot of fire to the podcast. Mm. And we'll see if we could, uh, you know, keep that going. So mm-hmm. we have, uh, you know, hopefully the next few weeks we'll have some uh, fun names in the subject lines. All right. Well, let's jump right into Funkhauser's Crazy Sister. Yeah, let's do it. But before we do that, let's remind everyone uh, to rate and review the podcast over at Apple. Uh, you know, this is we're embarking on this exciting time in uh, Kirby has history. So let's get some uh, new listeners in on this show. And, you know, we could tell everyone over on the iTunes how great pretty, 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 pretty good is. Uh, give us five full stars, mm-hmm. four and a half if you're like not being, you know, terribly charitable but no less than that and let's do it season seven here we go We're kind of where we picked off with, you know, Larry and uh, Loretta are dating, except uh, things already seem to not be going as great as when we last saw them. Uh, Larry is like bringing soup up the stairs and like she's just like sitting in bed. And like as soon as she gives it to him, he's already com- she's already complaining that it's too salty. You know, what did he do? Did he put the whole uh, the whole salt shaker in there? Um, this very much felt like calling back to like one of the last Larry Cheryl interactions was like her, him bringing her the toast in bed and like her complaining that the toast was no good. And it's just like, yeah, Larry David doesn't, isn't good at this part of a marriage. Yeah. Shocking. Um, yeah. And, you know, next, you know, you see, they're also not agreeing on proper, uh, bedroom thermostat, uh, mm-hmm. temperature. Uh, what temperature um, do you like the bedroom? Um, what do I like? If it was purely up to me, I would like it at like 65, mm, but it's not up to you. No, not even close to, up to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I like push for 68 and I, we, and she wants like 74 and we settle around 70, 69, 70, 71, depending on, you know, how stuffy it gets. Mm. 
I feel like How my bedroom's you? always too hot. But but Jen always wants it colder, actually. So I'm not sure why it's always so hot. But um, yeah, I like. We, it have, we have a window open now because you know it's springtime and it's nice outside. Yeah, this time of year is always like you get caught in between where it's like you you're like oh it's not so bad and then like next thing you know like you look at the thermostat it's like 77. You're yeah. Like, oh shit. Well, I mean, yeah, because the problem is we've had days where it's 77 outside and days where it's yeah. 30 outside. Um, but you know, at least in your bedroom, you're only opening like one or two windows. But like on the first floor of my house, there's the whole question of like, okay, so what do you do in the spring? Do you open like every window in your house? Because it's, it's first of all, it's stuffy. You might as well open the windows and all. It's nice, fresh air, and also like you don't need to have the heat or air conditioning on when the outside temperature is you know between 60 and 75 right. or whatever. But the problem is you just first of all you don't know. And then if you got to go and close all the windows, it's such a pain in the ass. I feel like yeah, it's easier so, to just put on air conditioning. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but at least in the bedroom, you know, just a couple of I don't know. It's a, I don't yeah, know. Bedroom, and like you got to close also... all your windows, and, and then if it's raining, you got to close the windows. It gets, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a whole yeah. yeah. Pressing a button on, on a machine is much easier. Yeah, <laughs> costs you a few extra bucks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Larry likes 68. Um, she likes it at 75. She says yeah. black people like it warmer, especially at night. Yeah. Um, so Leon comes. I think Leon, he, Larry assumes Leon's gonna be like he thinks this is like a man woman thing. He's yeah. like, Leon will be on my side. Yeah, <laughs> like my friend Leon, he's gonna say he likes he likes it. Cool, yeah. but yeah, like, uh, Leon likes it at 82. 82 is my shit, Leon says. Yeah, by the way, before Larry asks Leon if you're putting odds on it, it's like you know, minus 15,000 that he's gonna side with Loretta here. So yeah. big mistake, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, he says like for, at Lowry's temperature, like he might as well sleep outside. Like it's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Larry's uh, clearly not winning this one. So he heads downstairs and Auntie Ray is coming in and she's like, oh my God, Larry, you won't believe it. Uh, there's these robberies going on in the neighborhood. People are, you know, breaking into people's homes, breaking into their cars. Larry's like, how do you like how do you know about that? She's like, Oh, I heard it from the neighbors. He's like, I don't want you talking to my neighbors. <laughs> She's like, No, but like there's a robber. He's like, the thief is only going to steal my stuff. The neighbors want your time. Yeah. Uh, by would, the way, he'd rather lose his things at his time. Yeah. I- I'm totally on Larry's side here. Like lately I've come to learn <laughs> I-, I am not nearly I, I'm way too concerned about my things and not nearly concerned enough about my time. Larry's completely right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely always say, like, I'm not in, I'm not afraid of an intruder to my house that they're going to take my shit. Like, I just don't like just don't come when I'm home. Like, come <laughs> when I'm not home. Like, it'll be annoying. Like, it'll be a little traumatic. But, like, I, I have, like, a TV that I pay, like, $600 for. Like, I think yeah. that's the most expensive thing that I own. Yeah, no, I agree. There's nothing in your home. Like, like a home itself is very expensive, but they're not going right. to come and steal your, like, your radiator. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly right like they're gonna like I, I have a couple tvs maybe like a couple pieces of like random silver that's like a few hundred bucks like i don't have anything like, Wait, where's the have at it. like you're gonna be disappointed if you're at my house i mean please don't it'll be like a big like it'll be like annoying for me to have to deal with the aftermath but yeah. like I, it's like it's not worth your time i remember reading once that like you're supposed to leave like small amounts of loose change and like easily discoverable drawers to make it like because you don't want somebody to break into your house and then be disappointed that they don't have get anything and so then they'll just like destroying things and i was like well that's like oh. come on don't be a jerk like okay you broke into my house because you want some of my stuff but like i'm sorry if my stuff doesn't meet your standards you're gonna break things like how does that benefit you that that you're just being an asshole you know yeah that's like terrorism just, yeah. like, just don't break my stuff <laughs> come take what you want just don't break my stuff <laughs> yeah. come take yeah take the pen um yeah as a wise one man said what no amount of money ever bought a second of time right yes which yeah. wise man said that uh howard stark oh who oh wait who's howard Iron stark man. 
oh, he's an Iron T- Man's Tony- dad. Oh, okay. I thought you were mixing up Tony Stark and Howard Stern. I was very confused. No, I knew what I was saying. Yeah, I obviously did not. Yeah, okay. oh, I did see the first Iron Man. Yeah, you should. See, there's like only like 22 more for you to yeah. see. <laughs> they're actually really good. You should watch them with your kids. Like they're actually good movies, and your kids would really like them, and you would, I think, like them too. They're like they're very fun, good movies. Uh, it's a West Wing thing. I I'm sure I would, but it's too much of a commitment. Yeah, but I'd rather commit yours- things in my time. We were just discussing. Yeah, you commit yourself to much worse things, much dumber things. Like commit yourself to something but, more, better. But, it's like, but, but it'll be good, to, fun to do. But with I'm your not kids. gonna, I'm not gonna get rid of the other. It's not like I'm gonna replace one of the other stupid things that I'm wasting my right. time on. Those things are already like committed. Those are on the they're calendar. locked in. Yeah, <laughs> they're locked in. Those are, yeah, those are stuck. Costs. So another, another twenty-two, like you know, two, three-hour movies. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a lot. But yeah. all right. So yeah. So. Um, she's also like, by the way, like, I'm very nervous. Like we're getting the, uh, we haven't gotten the results yet of Loretta's biopsy. You know, I don't know if she has cancer. Uh, but like, you know, but like when I thought about it, what I realized was like, no matter what happens, I'm just like very thankful that she has you. And I know that no matter what happens, you will be with her at her side. <laughs> and Larry's like, Oh, interesting. Like he's, he's much more ambivalent about, uh, this realization that like, do they oh, not know Larry? Expect- <laughs> do they not see the relationship yeah. with Cheryl? Yeah, or like, yeah, there's like no way like Larry like was able to like be like this like new Larry with Loretta for more than like I don't know a day and a half. Like, yeah, they must have they must have seen what Larry David is about by now. Yeah, one would one would think. I mean, they've angrily moved out of the house on his account before. Um. Yes. Yeah. You're right. This this has been a very topsy turvy relationship to date. Like they shouldn't be expected that Larry David might screw them over. As Jared was very upset about last week, but he wasn't wrong two weeks ago, I guess. This is a relationship between the two of them that came out of literally nowhere. And we have no idea how it came or why it came. There's no development whatsoever. So, you know, that's the kind of relationship. It will, where it will also sick. dissolve it. It will also. Yeah. No, but exactly. But anti-raping well, is a relationship where, you know, if someone gets sick, you're bound to them for right. the rest of your life. Like, yeah, especially when it's Larry David. Very odd. <laughs> yeah, they did not have to do it to the old uh, They didn't check. They checked yeah, I mean, maybe anti-rape like, is being, maybe she's being persuasive more than descriptive. Maybe she's trying to convince Larry. But then she's right. doing a very she's bad like, job. Oh, Larry, you know, you know what you have to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Seth Morris is the he was not in on the plan. Um, if that was the goal. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we head over to uh, Jeff's. Uh, I think they're Jeff's garage. It seems like. Yeah. Jeff is working uh, on a bicycle. This was. This makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was television history? He, yeah. I mean, if his daughter's bicycle broke, I guess he's trying to fix it. It could happen. Yeah. Does Je- Does Jeff Green in this in curb strike? He was a guy who's fixing his daughter's bicycle. Nowhere in the scene doesn't say that he was successful at fixing the The last time we saw him trying to fix something in this house or pretending to was when Larry and him were stealing the uh, Sammy's doll's head, the Judy doll, and then they were pretending to fix the shelf in that room. Right. (laughs) They were were fixing things. They were putting it in shelving. They were measuring. They're like, oh, we're measuring. Uh, Yeah, all right. But yeah. It's not just Jeff putting in shelving, but Jeff thinking, "Hmm, you know who of all the people I know I need to bring to my house to discuss? Um, yeah, then they have this, they have this awesome exchange that really made me laugh. I like rewinded it to like uh, to watch this three times. Where like Jeff and Larry's like, it's like I'm like Cinderella, and Jeff's like Cinderella, and Larry's like, oh, like you know Cinderella. He's like, no, I know what Cinderella is. How is this like Cinderella? I just love that little exchange. Uh, he's like, oh, well, Loretta's like the evil stepmother. And she's way. bossing me around. He's like, oh, okay, like like that's how it's like Cinderella. Got it. Okay. Um, but Jeff, Jeff is completely like, correct, correct about this, right? What do you mean? That that Larry's reference to Cinderella makes no sense without context. 
Oh, yeah, no, of course. Right. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know there's right. When, I, I, I thought it was like, it, it, was it really hot about. in Cinderella? Did I miss that part of like the Cinderella story? It really was. Uh, yeah. Right. No, to me, when I think Cinderella, I think that like the the lowly servant got the yeah. Prince Charming. Like, well, I, is that who Larry think thinks of himself as? Like, Maybe he does. At the ball. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, but he but he meant, I guess, the uh, the early part of the story. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I have 24 hours to get out of this relationship because once that biopsy comes in and she's like a woman with cancer, I can't break up with her. I'm going to be stuck with her. Uh, he's like, oh, my God, I hate having to break up with someone. I would much rather be in Loretta's position. Jeff thinks he's crazy and he is crazy. You'd much you'd always much rather have the power, even if it feels worse. You'd rather have the power. Um, I don't know. I feel like in my relationships that broke up, I sort of like. I, I like let her down the path. Passive aggressively the- got them to break up with you. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I was okay. So that's, so that's, so that's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not good. Right. So you, but like, right. So, but well, no, hold on. So that's, that's not, not good. good. It's not I, I nice. Once, it's I not once, good for you. I once did directly break up with someone and she was very mad about that also. So that wasn't good either. <laughs> yeah. So anyways. Right. No. Yeah. There's really no good way to break up with someone. Yeah. Just once you're uh, in a relationship with somebody, just stay with them until the day you die. Except for that, you know, the one mutual breakup, right? Yeah, yes. Avoid conflict, yes. Um. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Larry's like, um, he thinks that couples, they should have like a uh, kind of like a prenuptial with like a breakup clause where, you know, there's a code word. And if you say the code word, the marriage is over. Uh, like you could say apricot. That, that would mean a breakup. And Jeff is like, okay, but like what happens if you actually want to eat apricots? Uh, Larry has, uh, he says that there's only one in 30 apricots is a good one. There's such a low percentage fruit. They're always mealy and dryly. Yeah. What do you think about this one in 30 stat? Mealy and dry. Yeah. One in 30 apricots. So um, well, what's your take on that stat? We're going to do, uh, we're going to try to, yeah. So, well, I don't, I don't have a take on the stat, but we're going to do, we're going to try to drop in some email questions as we go uh, for the first time. Let's see how that goes. So Zach Brooks wanted to know, where apricot fell on the Chester fruit rankings chart. All right. Well, I have to look that up. But while I'm looking that up, you tell me what you're where how you would rank. You didn't, you didn't give me advance notice. I don't, lot, I don't like emails. apricots very much. So yeah, but, I guess I should have done that. Do you I like a good apricot, or you don't advance, like? So that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Do you like? Do you like? I mean, I guess I've had all? apricots that I've liked. I would never seek it. They're, they're like okay it's like if that, that i like them more as like a thing in a recipe like an apricot chicken will be good yeah like it sometimes is good and stuff like not but bad. like but like the actual apricot like it's it's fine like i'm not gonna i don't think it tastes bad but like there would have to be like nothing else before i'm reaching for an apricot uh you know what like i am so shocked. many fruits and i eat i'm looking at my at my fruit rankings you know where apricot falls Number six. No, it is second to dead last. Oh, second to dead last. Yeah, it's not. I'm, good. It's I'm not an apricot hater. Maybe that one. It? Yeah, I'm shocked to see that though. The, uh, can you? We want to guess the one fruit, the lowest fruit on my fruit rankings below the apricot. I don't know, like uh, dragon fruit. Like there's those <laughs> ones that I, like that have like no taste in them. Yeah, where it's like the hype is like the shape and the name, and then you get it once every two years. You're like, oh, this is terrible. I why? I yeah, then it's just it, they're just like, t- like it just like tastes like water. It just tastes like you're just like yeah. biting into like squishiness. Like they don't no, but it's not dragon fruit. Dragon fruit did not uh, have enough uh, at bats to no, qualify. For I don't know what's. It's guava. Oh, I see. I see. Guava. Uh, I I don't know. Guava. guava. Yeah, guava is like that too. Like it looks like it's like it looks like this awesome like combination of like honeydew and mango, and then you taste it and it's tasteless. Speaking of honeydew, 
um, a friend of mine and my neighbor over here is a insane person because he his favorite fruit is honeydew, as he just told me last week in a barbecue. That's insane, right? It shouldn't be your favorite fruit. I mean, I like honeydew. honeydew. I know it's, it's, oh, honeydew on has a little bit of a bad rap. But like, if we rank the fruits in like the basic generic fruit salad, you're gonna get it. Should, no, it shouldn't be your. Honeydew is last in that. One. Honeydew no, is always one. last. If there's like a, and this is pre-COVID, if there's like a big bowl of fruit salad to scoop out of, honeydew is always the last ones there, right? Uh, or, it's often the last. Yeah, yeah or yeah, at it's, work it's, where they don't yeah. even have a bowl at work, but like they just that, sort of have lined up in rows, and so yeah, nobody's taking the honey. I mean, cantaloupe is obviously yeah, better but than even honeydew. Be, but e- yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, but even being in that like group of six means it's a, it's a pretty well liked melon. Yes. It's got to be good enough, but it, yeah, it's it's a it's it's like it's a fifth pitcher. It's just filling innings in the rotation. So you want someone who's cheap enough yeah, and decent enough fine. to get the job done. That's fine. No, it shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, you should try other like you should try like watermelon and pineapple. If you yeah. really like honeydew, you'll really like those. Too. Although I will say this: watermelon, though, there's you know a good watermelon obviously blows those out of the water, but bad watermelon is terrible. Right? There are yeah. Whereas yeah, all honeydew is kind of it's, it's like kind of hard. Bad, so. <laughs> No, there's like softer, sweeter honeydew with yeah, like hard. No, I know. But the range like is smaller than the watermelon like, range. Yeah, no, but like good watermelon is like my god. Yeah, that's yeah, mm. manna from the heavens and mm. pineapple too. Like good summer pineapple. Oh well, yeah, pineapple's number yeah. two on my. We range. had some pineapple on the grill. Yeah. Oh we, yeah, I like we, to. Do we, will, uh, we grill some pineapple. Good move. Yeah, it's very yummy. Like it really yeah. like caramelizes nicely. It's good stuff. Yeah, if you can slice it thin enough. I like to put it on a burger, but the problem is if it's not too thin, then yeah. it's just like it's too much on the burger. So, you know, so you got to slice right. it nice and thin. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that's how my wife mainly eats uh, hamburgers. Like she's not like a huge hamburger person, but like if I'll give her like a pineapple to put on it, then she'll like it's like more of like uh, she likes it better. So mm. it's like that's like our standard is like burgers with pineapple. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. I don't have with the pineapple. I like I uh, have it like as a side. She like uh, she'll eat it as like a combo. I'm, I'm with your wife here. My wife yeah. who eats burgers constantly, but only wants them like traditional. Yeah. And she looks at me with putting eggs or avocado or hummus or pineapple. And she looks at me with confusion and disdain. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like to I make I like to just do it straight up. I made really good burgers this week. Oh. Um, I was excited about them. Yeah. We'll uh we'll have a we'll have a pretty, pretty, pretty good barbecue one day. Ah, once, uh, okay. <laughs> things are uh back to uh regular life meet me in the middle um, which is like uh, the east river I think. yeah something like that. <laughs> we'll be in the east river uh our fans should gather there? on the east river start yeah start gathering on the east river we'll yeah. pick a spot we'll be there um should we have a code word to end the podcasts <laughs> it's like at any point anybody said like just that's it it's like the bomb and that's it the podcast ends, not just that episode fine you know what let's make it apricot because i don't see us discussing apricots again okay it's unlikely right, either, yeah we'll probably be aware if, of it it's, if, it's, yeah, of if it comes up it comes up We'll take a risk. Um, by the way, but yeah. this is like a very similar storyline to the vows that Larry gives at the 10 year um, renewal of the vows, right? In season five or four. When was that? The Survivor. The Survivor. That was in season four. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sort of the talk uh, about uh, sickness and health. Oh, no, this is really only in health. You remember, like all the vows Larry gives there are very similar. Right. To- Right. Yeah. Well, he wants he, he wants to always keep his options open. Yeah. But I do love the ticking the ticking clock in this episode that, you know, the moment before she has a positive biopsy, totally kosher to break up with her. The moment after that. Right. 
Yeah, right. It's like, as if, right, as if there's going to be like there was like a scrivener there who's like recording the time for posterity, so that like the official record. Everyone yeah. should, it's like no, it's like she's just gonna like it, this is not going to be an important distinction. Yeah. <laughs> like she, oh she, no, it was a, when she tells people did it while they were awaiting the biopsy yeah. results. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't confirmed to have cancer, then I was really sick. <laughs> right. We we only thought it was we we knew it was a chance. We we weren't we weren't sure yet. So I thought it was appropriate then. Um, but like, also, it's like you're not, you know, you're not required to like now, like if you're if you don't want to pursue a relationship with this person anyway, then just because they got cancer doesn't mean now you have, like you have to like be with them now for the rest of their life. So it's a tough call. Um, yeah, that's why people should. Um, I don't know. There's no lesson. I don't know. Just yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so yeah. So Susie comes out and she's like, "Hey, Larry, we're actually having a dinner party tonight. Do you want to come?" And Larry's like, oh, well, who else is coming? And Susie's oh, right away. This that's extremely rude. What are you doing? That's not done. And, you know, they have a, you know, they have a back and forth and they debate this like a uh, convention of society about asking, uh, you know, who else is coming to a party? So I think there's like I think there's like a few different scenarios to unpack here. I think before you accept the invitation, it's completely inappropriate in any scenario to ask who's coming. Unless like it's like for a very specific reason, but like in general, like if someone like invites you to something, like you shouldn't say who's coming before you say we're coming. Well, yeah, I mean it, it might be slightly rude to ask, but if a guest asks and the host refuses to tell, that's creepy and disturbing. <laughs> it's like, a little bit like this, like what Susie say like what Susie's saying is not accurate that it's not it's not done. Like it's not done that people don't ask usually, but like no, you usually don't. You don't usually ask before you yeah. say whether Let you're me coming. Let ask you a question: When you, you know, in the pre-COVID times, we uh, frequently in our community sort of uh, have guests over or our guests at meals on Friday nights and or Saturday for lunch. When you send invites, do you send to like all the people coming, or do you send like to like each couple separately? No, we invite separately. Mm. Uh, but like for anyone who I have like a pre-existing relationship with, if they ask me like, hey, do you guys want to come for like Shabbat lunch next week? I would say, sure. Sounds great. Like, hey, who else is coming? Yeah, of course. But and like, want, And I want Jared like to say, I, excuse me, that's not done. No, but like I wouldn't like, – if you said to me, hey, do you want to come for Shabbat lunch? I wouldn't say – who else is coming and then wait for the answer and then give my response. Yeah. Cause then that makes it seem like I'm only interested in coming yeah. to you. No, I, I, it's I, like I you're having a good crowd. Nobody's denying that Larry's being rude, but Larry being rude is the default for Larry. Right. So. But I think it matters what my point is. It matters when you ask, if you accept the invitation and then ask the question, then like you're I'm coming either way. Now I'm just like, I'm interested yeah. in your party and I want to know who else is coming. Right. I'm excited I'm, for it. I'm going to establish a new standard between us and it won't come up too frequently because we live uh, two states uh, in separate states. But, uh, if you ever invite me to a Shabbos meal, uh-huh. then I want you to assume that the answer is yes, but also that I want to know who's coming. Fine. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Good deal. Um, so Larry's like, he's like, well, you know, this rule, I'm sorry. I mean, Susie's like, well, this rule is actually good for you because if people knew you were coming. They wouldn't want to come, which is a good point. Yeah, but not um, really because, it, I mean, wouldn't Larry not, Larry would say, well, then I don't want to be at this meal. With right, which is what Larry's point is. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, so like, let's know that in advance before yeah. we have this terrible night together. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, like, there's people that don't want to be together that like yeah. maybe don't like have a different group. Mm. Uh, I guess, you know, most people like would figure out a way to make the best of most get togethers, you know. You just like, yeah, you know, talk more to other people, but you know, Larry if did, knows if that the dinner party's on curb. Uh, there's a reason for it, it's because it's not gonna end well, so <laughs> right? Check out, yeah, yeah, we should like it should really switch from Chekhov's to David's. It's just yeah, like da- David's, David's dinner party at this point, yeah. 
it's almost he took over that whole thing yeah. um Jeff's like, why do you even get started with her on this stuff? And he's right. Yeah. But Larry, Larry uh, ignores Jeff, of course. Jeff, and... Jeff's attitude to Susie is so great because his attitude is like, she's insane, but you're insane for engaging with her. <laughs> right. It's like, like she's like Susie. Like, yeah. I can't, I, there's nothing we can do about Susie. Like, you, I expect more from. Yeah. Although Larry is probably more intractable than Susie, actually. <laughs> Yeah, Susie, right. Susie is more adaptable, adaptive yeah. to regular society than Larry. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like, you know, at the end of the day, she refuses to tell him, which, yeah, is pretty abnormal. If he's like really that insistent, you should just tell him. Um, like, big surprise when we see who the guests are going to be. It's like, oh, Funkhauser, <laughs> we see every day anyway. No, it's not Funkhauser. Oh, that's true. That's, yeah, the, whole, that's the whole oh, point. Yeah. It's not originally Funkhauser yeah, yeah, until yeah, Funkhauser yeah, yeah. asks yes, in. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, so Larry's Larry. like, all right, I guess I'll have to come. It'll be a surprise. I'll see who's coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he heads back home and uh, the Loretta's doctors there in the house, uh, played by uh, Seth Morris, I believe, of Children's Hospital fame and yes. some other things. He's a, he's, a, he's a great, sarcastic, angry doctor. Yeah. Um, so like the doctor's like, you know, he's like debriefing Larry or he's like trying to debrief Larry on Loretta's situation. Now, can, we, can we take a pause here? Like yeah. in television shows, it seems certainly in Seinfeld and in Curb and a lot of other sitcoms, it's sort of the standard that doctors make home visits. In what world are like, ah, do you have any real life familiarity with doctors making home visits? Um, not like, really. I like mean, if like, we know cancer. You don't have an oncologist right. come to the house. Yeah, I, you go to the I hospital. wouldn't think. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, we have like, uh, there's like a a guy in the neighborhood who does like house calls, but I think mostly like for kids, and he just like. It's just like he's like it's like a smart business that he does because like yeah. he just gets to like get all these like calls from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like we go to doctors' offices or to hospitals. Yeah. Like if you have like a real issue, what kind of side uh, issue? But yeah, I don't know. There? Maybe in like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in like celebrity culture, there's more of like doctors making house calls. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm sure part of it is yes. If you pay enough, doctors will do anything, including visiting your house. But you know, um, I, I can say as someone who's who may or may not uh, have a close uh, personal relationship with somebody who. Uh, may or may not be a doctor that, uh-huh. that, in a hospital that they uh-huh. have, with uh, you know cannot uh, confirm or disconfirm that they have had many extraordinarily high profile patients and extraordinarily wealthy patients. So right. uh, I think people are still going to the hospital for things like cancer. Yeah, I would think so. I think yeah. so. I think you're right. Um, yeah. So like he's trying to talk about Loretta, tell Larry the whole deal, and Larry's like he, he's trying to change the subject. He's talking about uh, you know. That he thinks fish are kind of a subpar pet hmm. since you know there's only thing to do is to watch them they're annoying you have to feed them they don't really do much um and you know the doctor's like you know i'm trying to tell you like important information about your sick girlfriend and larry's like all right like give me the deal down doc like what's you know what has she got hmm. how long she just have cancer like what do you think as george would he's say, like i want to hear her get out of here cancer get out of here. <laughs> right cancer get out of here right exactly um and he's like i really don't know like we have to wait to see what the biopsy said he's like you know what percentage like what well, you have to do odds and he's like i really you know i can't do odds i have no idea he refuses yeah. to, he refuses to bet this is very true by the way doctors do not like to give odds with like if you want if you ask me to make up a number to some stupid bullshit i'll make up a number like, you know like like what are the you know what are the odds that you know you're, you're gonna like the episode of this week all right it's i'll say four to one or whatever i'll just make up a number but my wife like when i try and get her to like on medical things i'm like well, I know you don't know, but if you had to guess, no, no, I'm not guessing. I don't have the data. I'm like, okay, but just like a percentage chance. Like she just refuses to engage on that. Yeah. And so very frustrating. I feel for Larry here. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, you know, as he's like, he's prescribing a prescription, telling Larry about it, and it's like he reaches into the refrigerator and takes out a can of lemonade and starts pouring it for himself a glass. And you just like, Larry's like acting with his eyes is so good here. Like yeah, the guy is amazing. talking and like Larry's yeah. like, just, like just like watching the lemonade. He's like watching the head, like move across the room, the sink, watches it open. He like, oh, he watches it drink it. He's like, yeah. he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, Seth Morrison like, um, is completely insane though. <laughs> Right? Um, yeah, I agree. He should. You shouldn't do that. I mean, it's almost uh-huh. like what we said before with like the dinner party. Like, are you allowed to act? Like, I wouldn't care if someone went into my fridge, but it would still be weird, right? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you should. Like, you should ask. I mean, there's a like, certain you, standard. Like, if if you know somebody, yeah, they open your fridge. Who cares? But if it's the yeah, director, right? on the house. Yeah, I mean, the disconnect is like you don't have to wait for him to offer, but you do still have to ask. Yeah. Like, it's not rude for you to ask and say, oh, hey, can I get something to drink? And then, like, if Larry says no, then he's insane. Mm, yeah. Now, I will like say I'm I'm very good at when anyone's in my house, um, you know, somebody related to, like, providing a service or working on something or giving something. Offering them drink. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I'm, ve- I'm very good at, like, the – because I feel like I, I – it's always, like, awkward, like, the small talk. It's, oh, here's a, here's a deep – so I can definitely say. And then I get the check mark for being a nice uh, – yeah. So I always offer, like, water slash coffee. But it's, it's water or coffee. I don't think I've ever offered lemonade. Right. Yeah. But if they saw lemonade in your fridge, you're like, oh, hey, can I have well, some of that lemonade? So, I mean, you would pour not, them some lemonade, right? See through fridge. How did he know that it was lemonade? <laughs> oh, he was looking for fridges, ice, right? right? The fridges with like the with like the glass. Those are for insane uh, people, right? What, what are they? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, the fr- they're like fridges, but they're like win- like the it's like windows on the fridge. Like you see, so you can see, so you can see all the food. Yeah. Why would it, you want it that? It's completely insane. Like wh- your, your fridge is not a display. Your fridge is like, you know, you just throw shit in there. Yeah, like, that's creepy. Yeah, it's very strange. I, I would feel like I'm in a cafeteria my whole yeah. life. <laughs> There's like pies on display. Yeah. Oh, look, grape tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, obviously, uh, you know, I, I, I very carefully did not make any violations of HIPAA a few minutes ago. Uh, this Good. doctor, he's uh, discussing Loretta with Larry. He's not giving Larry Loretta's like prescriptions. You know, I mean, unless Loretta's like identified him as his next, which is possible. But they what? How long have they been dating for? A couple months at this point. Yeah, uh, we don't really know for sure, but yeah, I assume it's three months. If yeah. I had to guess, too. I don't think she's you know uh, giving him. I, I would assume that would be anti Ray, probably right. Uh, yeah, but like anti Ray could could be just like you know you have to explain it to Larry. Like yeah, you know okay. you could you could yeah. I think authorize that fairly easily. Yeah, by the standards of HIPAA violations on Curb, this is very low. Yeah, I mean like they live in the house, like they're yeah. together. Yeah, um, I think it's okay. Um, and see, like they keep, uh, they, you know, they're arguing back and forth. He's like, you know, I could, you know, I, I know when someone is going to offer me lemonade. You, sir, were not going to offer me any lemonade. Yeah, a real and they're just, there. yeah, they're just yelling back and forth. And like the uh, the lot, the doctor describes Larry as uh, condescendingly offering him a tiny pair, <laughs> uh, which is a great visual. He's like, take the pair, take yeah. the pair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the I doctor heads out. Uh, tag teams. Funkhauser comes in. Mm. <laughs> Funk, Funk just walks into the house. He like owns yeah. the place. Uh, and Funk is uh, he's on the doctor's side. He says liquids are okay to take from someone's fridge. Yeah. Um, Michael J. Clark writes and he says Doctor Seth Morris is half right. Liquids are okay, but lemonade must be taken out of a carton or a carafe, not a can, without asking first. So taking an Taking a can is a little different than like pouring something. I get well. I mean, right. how many cans? Was there one can, or was there a whole slew of them? If there's one, you don't take it. If there's like you know six of them, I think it's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, you either way, you should just ask. You should just say, "Hey, no, can no, I obviously. take a drink?" Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, what's like, you're taking? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like right. Certainly, if like there's already like lemonade poured in like a container, like you should take that over like taking like a fresh can. Like, okay, take some of the pre. Although that might be like the person like labored over this lemonade. Like, you should take like the fake can from Mott's and you know, mm-hmm. rather than like the homemade lemonade. Who the hell knows? Depends who you're dealing with. Are you dealing with like a hipster cook who's like making like hand squeeze lemonade <laughs> and like was like he's gonna kill you like this came from like the canadian rockies these lemons and i squeezed them by my own hands and i had to age them for months like i had to just take one of the cans and then you know mjc is saying you know no take the lemonade it's already been poured like that's not as free you know the cans like save the cans for us yeah the greatest lemonade i've ever had was in the cinque terra in italy it was uh we were like hiking from like one town to another and we were like schwitzing our balls off because it was like in italy in august and like yeah. broken into like the the middle of like the the rock like the like the mountainside somebody just like made a little hole and was like selling lemonade there and he probably charged like 500 euros for like two ounces but every single person walking by like bought as much as they could afford because so uh, that's a very good business model by him yeah um we went to, we went to chicken terra i was i was disappointed by chicken terra it was like yeah. well it, it was fine you're a fan of the five towns in general right just oh for like the like love island five towns chicken terra means five towns no i know yeah, that was a bad joke. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like no, I went. We went there. It was like I'd rather have spent like another day in like Florence or Rome than like oh. hike in these like random towns. I thought I feel like they've been like overhyped. Maybe. Um, I do. I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. We're talking about before five towns. <laughs> We're talking about Rome. Yeah. Um, should we talk uh, we, about? We do, we do have a mutual friend, by the way. Um, yeah. Who like when he comes over. Opens up the fridge, which again I'm totally fine with, but he and like he goes past the Funkhauser liquids is okay. He'll see like like a cupcake that says "Happy Birthday to my son" and just take that and eat it without checking if maybe it's for my son the next morning for breakfast. So um, yeah, I feel like when you open, I guess I have a guess when you if when you open the fridge, if something is a you know one of one in the fridge, maybe uh, ask. But otherwise, feel free. Liquid solids, take whatever you want. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. People like that um, uh, that Boy Scout story that I told. So I had uh, 32 fans. <laughs> you have another one like that to drop? <laughs> no, no. I just was uh, I was just reminding myself of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty wild story to randomly drop. Like, you know, it wasn't random. We were talking about this. the whole. No, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is it should have come up way earlier. I guess. Like, I never thought uh, about it. You're like you're like the guy on Jeopardy. Well, maybe it's like me with the underwear guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like the guy on Jeopardy who like saves his great anecdote for like the third episode. Like you, you, you have you have to bring out your top. Epi- you know, you got to bring out your top anecdotes on day one, right? Never assume you're gonna win to be back then. Yeah, day. I mean, this happened like 25 years ago. Like I haven't thought about it a lot since then. Like yeah, we as like in the flow coverage, I could probably haven't thought about it like in 10 years. Um, I think that does yeah. happen with kid stuff where something that like when you tell people other people the story, they're blown away. But when you're a kid, like you know, things impact you in different ways, and then the way your memory works, it's just it's there, but you don't think about it unless it's you know brought up triggered so yeah yeah i don't think it had much of an impact on me um yeah it was just kind of like it was like whoa okay yeah. that's crazy um and then like we just we weren't we didn't have voice counts anymore because <laughs> i guess there was yeah. no one to lead the troop anymore because the, the troop yeah. leader was I, in prison I, I feel like that's uh yeah it's hard for troops to recover from that <laughs> yeah troops have but you know yeah. our troop was uh it was yeah. not i mean well baylor just won the national championship in men's basketball so yeah crazier things have happened yeah because their program, just to be clear, that I'm not making a snide remark, their program was was shut down like a decade ago, or I guess 15 years ago by now, because one player of the team right. killed another player on the team, and then the coach oh, like, did a cover up. So, oh, 
All right. So yeah. So yeah. We, you know, we could come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let, let's let's segue away from child murder. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> um, so Funkhauser is like, yeah. So my sister Bam Bam is uh, staying with me, and we just got her out of the mental institution. What is Bam Bam's real name? Where does the nickname come from? Um, that's a good question. Bam-a-ling? I mean, there is there is Bam Bam in other like the Flintstones context. There's a Flintstones. There's Bam Bam Bigelow was a wrestler. Mm. What does Bam Bam mean? I mean, I th- I assumed it was a Flintstone reference because Bam Bam is sort of like the baby on the Flintstones, and 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 this Bam Bam sort of has a you know childlike uh, or she's perceived as having childlike. Uh, Let's see other I think there's. There's a bunch of Bam Bams. There's one in Barney, I think, also, wasn't there? Oh no, that was Baby. That was Baby Bop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for not remembering the character names from. Let's see, Bam Bam nickname. Um, it looks like it often goes with like last names. Hmm. So, but Funkhauser, know. it's uh, yeah. All right. So Bam I think she's, I think she's just named after uh, Flintstones, uh, the baby, but I don't know. Bam Bam, radio person, radio presenter in the UK. Hmm. Olin okay, probably so knows about him. Should we do a Bam Bam Bracket? <laughs> Bam Bam Bracket. Um, Australian Rugby League player tied to Ivasa has a, had the uh, nickname Bam Bam. Hmm. I think he was on my uh, team in the football draft. <laughs> oh, the, the language spoken in Indonesia is Bam Bam. Ah, interesting. Uh-huh. Very interesting. I'd say um, fuck me fat man in Bam Bam. Yeah, so I don't, like, I don't really see like, like a real name that Bam Bam is like a common nickname for. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that uh, popular. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Now, um, now uh, Marty will call her Bammers later in the episode. Uh huh. When he goes to pick so her what up, could that from, be? yeah. So, so what could that be short for? Bambra. Well, I, well I, yeah. So I assume Bammers is just a, a nickname derivation from Bam Bam. It's the secondary nickname derivation, of course. Um, all right. Let's go back to, to, to Larry and uh, Marty over yeah, here. Oh, oh, interestingly, Bam Bam Rumble spells his name with two M's. So four M's in total. Right. Yeah. Bam Bam. Two M's Bam Bam. Bam. Uh, Funkhauser is one M in each. So it's, yeah. it's, Bam, so it's, yeah, it's a different f- name. An M is already two N's. You don't need four, four M's. That becomes eight N's. It's too confusing. I'm reading the uh, Wikipedia page for Bam Bam Rumble. Mm. <laughs> Why are you not prepared ahead of time, off? I really should have. I read the emails ahead of time this week. I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Next time, read the Wikipedia articles of everyone who shares a name with anyone who's He's there. a cute kid. He really is a cute kid. He was very strong. Bam Bam? Well, I think that's yeah. the implication. Yeah. yeah. A lot of different people voiced him. It's a very easy part. All he really said was the word is Bam Bam, I think, mm, yeah. if I recall correctly. Um, yeah. So, um, is, so Larry... is Bam Bam's name here sort of a, a subtle hint at like Bam Bam, thank you, ma'am, like that kind of a joker? No, is that not, not what Larry's going for? I don't know. That's Wham Bam, anyways, I think, is the expression. Bam Bam's nickname came from a note left in the basket, causing Barney and Betty confusion over the strange name. This was explained when Bam Bam yelled the phrase, Bam Bam, and swung his club. So I guess the, they named him because that's what he was saying, but like he, how he talked right away. Yeah. Should we name children after their first word? Should we like delay? So we, should, so we should wait. And whatever they say first, that's their name. I think the names are going to be like very similar. Like just going to be like noises. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of common names. Yeah, that's yeah. I think the current system is probably more efficient. It is weird though that like a name, like the percentage of people who change their names in adulthood is actually much lower than it should be. Yeah, I mean it should be like 
well over 50 if you think about it because your name is given to you randomly by someone who doesn't know you you know right and, and then like you, you become an adult you're, but i guess you know i guess history and uh, yeah tradition. but it's just like it's also like a big like you have to, you have to like to contact do. everyone and tell them like oh my yeah. name used to be alex and now it's steve like yeah. why like like that seems I, like an idea. I had us. a guy do that. He he switched from Avi to Joel, and I was like, oh, I'm calling you Avi, but I realized no, I got to call him Joel, but it's annoying for me. So, yeah. all right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Larry says that he makes the fateful mistake. He said the magic words of, "Is there anything that I can do?" <laughs> and fuck is like, actually, there is. Um, you know, it would be great if you could go hang out with her and spend some time with her. And Larry's like, oh, um, like, actually, that was like, kind of an empty gesture. Like, I didn't really mean to uh, to offer anything. But Funk's like, nope, I'm, you know, I'm holding to it. You shouldn't have made you shouldn't have made an offer if you weren't prepared to do it. I'm yeah. you know, I'm not I'm honoring the empty gesture. Uh, my only warning is when you get to the house, just look at her shoes while she talks to you. Don't look her in the eyes. Yeah, this scene is is one of like just as the like the quintessential scene to describe like the marty funkhauser larry david relationship and I, I i absolutely love it like we've we've seen this in the past with them where like you know marty will say to larry you're my best friend and larry's like what the fuck is that we're not best friends i don't even like you and like it's sort of like this simultaneous they call each other out on their bullshit but also they just like elide past the bullshit and so like you know larry gives the empty gesture marty takes him up in it larry says no that was a bullshit empty gesture which you don't usually say when you're giving an empty gesture right. funkhauser says no no that's fine i'm taking the, i'm honoring the empty gesture right. and then larry gives it back to me he's like i gotta sit in a room with that not like it's just like the dynamic between them is is a very uh, enjoyable dynamic to watch right it's like what who are you both doing this for like you both hate yeah. each other it's like as we said like him and ted also yeah this yeah. is larry's friendships really only jeff is the one who like who they like really but, like but, each other but i think that from the perspective of the other person they're very different because ted truly disdains larry and is only really friends <laughs> right. with larry for the purpose of show right. slash yeah like the, the larger social scene whereas right. the fuck man does love larry david Yes, yes. And Larry yes. doesn't. Larry's an asshole to him. I mean, he ruined the funk house. Like what? Marty's uncle, father, and mother's uh, like end and end of lives, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> he, and there's about to be future funk houses that are going to be negatively affected as well. So yes, he's been a big agent of chaos in the funk house or yeah. uh, family affairs yeah, exactly. of recent <laughs> events. All right, let's carry on. Um, so yeah, so Larry is like, all right, fine. Um, so I guess I'll see you later at uh, Susie and Jeff's dinner party. Oh, and, Larry, what a mistake. And Fuck's like, what are you talking about? I wasn't invited to that. And I can't, he would say something. And Larry's like, well, this is why they should tell. Hold on. This um, is absolutely so insane. Yeah, so, right? This is insane that Funkhauser is mad at Larry for <laughs> right. having not been invited. Like, okay, be right. mad you at the be- Greens. Right, right. You, there's, well, there's you should. Be well, really, I mean, really, you should be mad at nobody because it's okay for a party to exist that you weren't invited to. Sure, but and fine. Also, and also, it's not even like a part. Like, if somebody's having a party, then yeah, they should invite their friends. But like, when you're having like dinner with like a set number of like four, eight, or ten seats, you don't have right. To you same, can't. You, yeah. Right, and you can't invite everybody. Like yeah. every, this by definition, you're excluding. Yeah. Um. But the point is to be mad at th- that. Larry, that Marty's mad at Larry makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, well, you know, people like being bad at Larry, if it was yeah, not as well. That's fair. Yeah, Larry's the hero of uh, mm. of her. Um, so yeah, so we're so we're, uh, we're with Jeff and Larry. They're heading over. They head over. Wait, to hold the on. Uh, b- before yeah. we get there, and I absolutely love this. Um, Funk says to Larry, "You only have to hang out with Bam Bam for two hours." 
which is a classic <laughs> Funkhouser move. It's like when he says, let's play a thousand pickup sticks, which, by the way, <laughs> he will upgrade later in this episode to a million pickup sticks. Did you, did you notice that? I did not notice that. Yeah. So remember last time when, when he came over on the, uh, the fake, you know, when he pretended he thought the party was the, the night after. He said, right. We'll play a thousand pickup sticks. In this episode, Larry says to when he comes after and he asks Bam, Larry, what did they do? He says, oh, did you play a million pickup sticks? <laughs> a million. Uh, I just love Funkhouse are such a master of the bait and switch. Stop by and say hello. Oh, thank you. You'll be there for two hours. Yeah, he's probably a good salesman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, um, so walk, walk in my 5K. Oh, here I am sitting on the side drinking a nice cold bottle of Palmer. Yeah, but he got him signed up. That's the yeah, job. Exactly. We can raise that money. So, yeah. So, yeah. Larry and Jeff are uh, over at with Bam Bam at the, uh, the Fuckman's house, and we get to meet the, uh, the great Catherine O'Hara. And the range of characters she plays is so broad. <laughs> like it's unbelievable yeah. that like she her job you know she performs in Bam Bam very differently than anything else she's ever been in but like you know very in but also in her very traditional way like very theatrical yeah right she's always has that, always like that very yeah that, yes that very just like energetic frenetic yes. like excitable woman like whether yes. it's like Kevin's mom or Moira Kelly well Moira uh, Kelly for sure of course yeah. Yeah, um, or even here, it's just like it's just like a more hammed up version of someone who's like obviously not well, but it has yeah. that same energy. I think that a lot of her characters have. And I, I get called out anytime, like they mention like a sports person on the show on Curb. I'm always asked to like where they are in my ranking. So you know what question I'm about to ask you of? I have no idea who, who what actress it is. I don't think they. The only the whole story is just that some actress told Marty to shut up, and that's the only information we have. <laughs> so it could be anybody. Do you think it's a real? Do you think that the, like the the clues that are given that refer to a real person? I mean, I don't even know if this story exists. Like, oh, okay. he might have totally invented it. But yeah, I guess there was someone in like a restaurant, and probably like Marty was bothering. Like, who would Marty Funkhauser be really into? I have no idea. I mean, Julia Roberts probably sounds like a good guess of the names that we got. Mm. I think I could see like Marty thinking that like he could like go like smooth talk Julia Roberts and like like be friends with her. Yeah. Um, that's so, more. Yeah, I mean, he's it's not he's not interested in Hannah Montana or the Kardashians. I think those yeah. are bad guesses. <laughs> those are very bad guesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't see Julia Roberts necessarily telling him to shut up like that doesn't seem her style. So I guess we we're looking for someone with a little more uh, willing to, uh, you know, speak back. I don't yeah. know if Julia Roberts would. Maybe it's Susie. She, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But she's no, that she would prefer her as an actress. Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you a question. It, I don't know if this was intentional or just uh, I'm you know imputing things that aren't there. But like, it seemed to me like that the couches and the coffee table are really crammed into that room like very uncomfortably. And I was wondering is that intentional to sort of like accentuate like the the discomfort that's felt by Larry and Jeff being there? Um, no, I mean I, I, it it could be. I don't I didn't notice. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that could be. I mean, yes, it definitely like you feel like you feel that like they're very claustrophobic in there. They're like they just like want like like looking at the clock. They just like want this like they they have nothing to say to her because she's yeah. just like super kooky. And, but the, but also this happens every time they go to the Funkhauser house because again last time was uh, the the fake party the next night, right? Where again um, they fought to see who could go to the bathroom, who could leave, you know. Yeah, so she starts just like breaking out into this like incoherent song, saying it's not inside the box, it's not inside the box, um, and she says some other some other stick that I can't remember. Um, and Larry's like, "Hey, is there anything? Can I get something to eat or drink?" And she's like, "No, we don't. There's nothing to eat or drink." He's like, "That's weird." She's like, "Yeah, it is weird," <laughs> <laughs> which makes you think that it's true. And we yeah. see later there is food in the fridge. Yeah. Um, 
And Larry's like, oh, I think I'm going to go to the bathroom. But Jeff is like, oh, well, I want to go to the bathroom. They're like, they get to like a fight about who should get to go to the bathroom. And Larry prevails. And Moira Rose wants to know what is the etiquette for using the bathroom after someone else has called it? Um, I think called it prevails unless like it's like you're like, I have like an emergency or something like that or. You know, like you know, there's a really compelling but, but reason why I should go. In this scenario, obviously Larry goes first, right? You can't say I'm going to the bathroom, and then someone else say, "Well, I was going to, but didn't, so let me go first. Right, unless, right, unless like he has like a really good reason why he should get to. Skip the yeah, line. the really good reason is he wants to get away from a uh, bam bam. <laughs> no, but you, I have that equal same reason, so yeah. we're on the same page, and I was first. Yeah. Okay. So there, first prevails. Yes, for sure. Um. So yeah, so Larry heads to the bathroom. Eventually, of course, like he doesn't like rush back to now give Jeff a turn to, yeah. to go to the bathroom and get a break from Bam Bam. But I mean, but you remember, kitchen. like in high school, when you would like get your one bathroom break in like our long morning class, and so you're, right, like, no, ske- you right, you know, you schedule you go across the street, you get yeah. a bagel. It's a fi- like minimum fifteen minutes. You're gone. You're taking as yeah, much time as possible because you know once you go back in there, you're in there right. to the end. Yeah, so it's a lot more boredom ahead of you, right? Yeah. Especially if we had that like three-hour class in the morning sometimes. Yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. Like, you would like you strategize on the clock, but then you always end up going earlier than you wanted to because you just can't you can't like take it that long. You know, your insurance isn't what what you thought it was. Yeah, it's like I used that. I had like one job that I really hated where I would like always take lunch at like 11:30 because like I just like couldn't bear being in the office. And then, but then, but then like you get back from lunch and it's like 12:15. Yeah, and like you, it's like and you're done. Yeah, like you're like you just have like five hours ahead of you. I'm trying to remember, uh, like in the 10th grade class, we're referring to like what what was the rule on how many people could be at the bathroom at a time? I don't think it was one um, time. But well, we were in a different yeah. No, 10th grade, which is like the most bored. Well. That, that's what I think of the most. How do I think of taking like long, long bathroom breaks? Although 11th But no, also. we were in the same class in 10th grade? Yeah. Who did you have? You, you had Julitz? Yeah, of course we did. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was, when did you have Yaga? That was 11th, that was 11th grade? 11th grade, yeah. Oh, okay. Because it used to be different, right? What do you mean? Okay, this is quick. No, we're not, we're not, no, not going to get to this on the podcast. <laughs> no one cares about this. The name is, yeah. I think Yaga used to be 10th grade, and then they moved it to 11th grade. Okay. Well, I don't know what it was before we were there. All right. Edit, edit this out. This is the most boring thing that's ever been said on the podcast. <laughs> the order of teachers at a school. Next week, we'll have a guest, and we'll go over all the different rabbis of the different grades yeah. in MTA for the years we were in high school. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah, so Larry, Larry's not rushing back. He heads into the kitchen, he opens the fridge, he takes out some turkeys, make himself a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> but this is very different uh, because Larry has a relationship with the fuck man, which, which you know, Dr. Seth Morris doesn't have a hundred percent. Yeah, so it's completely different. It's completely different. Um, so when, uh, when, when finally he makes his way back to the living room after he's I, I done will say with his this, meal, though, at the same time that I've said I would have no issue with it whatsoever, and like if. But I wouldn't do it at someone else's house, even if I felt comfortable with them, because I feel like I'd be too worried, like, if their wife walked in, like, like do it without them there. Because if their wife walked in, I think she'd be weirded out. Um, yeah, I mean, it would depend who. If, like, if, yeah. if I'm, like, in their house by myself. Then yeah, like, well, I don't know why I'm in their house by, by myself anyway. Then, like, I assume that means, like, they're good friends. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not in my house by myself. We're all watching a game in one room, and I go into the kitchen to get a drink or whatever. You know, if I see an apple, I'll, I'll take an apple, maybe, but... Right. I think I'm yeah. just asking for anything. It's too risky not to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, I guess the one caveat here is that like, Fuckman did specifically tell him just right. earlier that yeah, like but, his but, policy, what well, his policy is. So like, you yeah. shouldn't break the policy if someone just told yeah. you like what they think the rule is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, so he uh, he heads back to the living room. And he's like, oh, they're not there. I'm like, where are they? He starts walking around the house. He goes upstairs, and as he gets to the bedroom, he hears a woke Bam Bam yelling, "Fuck me, fat boy!" <laughs> and realizes what's going on. Yeah, this is quite a shocking turn here in uh, episode. Uh, yeah, seven. yeah. So uh, we're on the we're, you know we're in the car ride home, and Larry's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? You're having sex with a mental patient." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, yeah. it's very bad. Um, and Jeff's like, "No, she's not technically a mental patient because she's living at Funkhauser's house now." If she was in a, if, she, if I went over to the institution and <laughs> fucked her there, that would be having sex with a mental patient. I guess she's technically discharged from the mental institution. Yeah, no, obviously Jeff is completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, here. I mean, like from a legal perspective and a consent perspective, I guess we need to know more about Bam Bam's condition or situation. Right. Yeah, we don't really it, know enough. From all we really know about this episode is that she's sort of a little bit weird or unusual, but she exhibits nothing. I mean, like she. You know, she, she, they gaslight her, but she doesn't say anything that's a lie. Right. That's true. So there might not be anything wrong with her other than she's sort of slightly socially awkward, which makes her no different than Larry David, by the way. Right. I mean, we are told that she was in a mental institution, which, you know, I don't think we're supposed to assume that she was like yeah. wrongfully in a mental institution. I think we're supposed to think that there is like she does but have it could, some it could be a papier-mâché situation. Right. It could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like Jeff's like basically telling the story. He's like, she said she was bored, and I asked if there was anything that I could do to help. And next thing you know, yeah, next thing you do, we're fucking. Um, and Larry's like, you can't make an empty gesture to those fuckhousers. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a great slogan. They can't make an empty gesture to a fuckhouser. Those fuckhousers, they'll take you. They'll take you up on those offers. Yep. Yeah, so we're it's the dinner party time, and Larry uh, Larry comes on over, and Jeff's like, "You fucked me because Funkhauser called, and he was angry that he wasn't invited to the dinner party because you told him about it, and now Susie is pissed, and I'm pissed, and because we had to have him, and he brought Bam Bam." Yeah. And I like how Jeff blames Larry. It's Larry's fault that Jeff had sex with Bam Bam. Right. Well, it's Larry's fault that he that he told Funkhauser. Yeah. Uh, and Larry's like, well, this wouldn't have happened if Susie had told me who was invited to the party, which, good, yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, and Larry's like, you know, these dinner parties, it's like living in East Germany. You can't ask who's coming. You can't tell anyone who's going. And you can't talk about it afterwards. Yeah. It's like East Germany. It's the same. That's what you have. That's what they were. Uh, those are the stories they tell about East Germany. Um, Fantastic Larry, dinner parties. Just couldn't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the dinner parties were great. They were just very hush hush. Don't, don't go near the fence. Um, and Larry's like, he's like, oh, wait, Dr. Schaefer's here. Why is Loretta's doctor at the party? Yeah. And he's uh, he finds out that. And by the, the way, doctor... Larry's completely right here about wanting to know who's on the guest list. <laughs> yeah, like, why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who did you like? Oh, not Funkhauser. Instead, we invited Loretta's doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would be good information to have mentioned. Yeah. And Bam Bam is coming. Yeah. After the fact. Um, <laughs> So he's like, oh, so he finds out that Dr. Schaefer is actually gay and he's very surprised and there and he, they are offended that he is surprised because like, what does that mean? Like, what yeah. assumptions are you making about like who is gay and who is not gay? Yeah. Uh, which touche. Larry's and, very heteronormative. Uh, yeah. And then just right. proceed to dig himself a hole here unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that is what he meant. And like the way out of that is just be like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm sorry. You know what I meant? I didn't, like, I, I didn't mean it in a bad way and apologize instead of like digging yourself deeper into yeah. the hole by like pretending like you don't know very well what you said. Like you could just, yeah. you know, you could own up to it and move on. Yeah. 
Um, and he's like, he's like, well, what if I would say I was pleasantly surprised? <laughs> so at least a nice sentiment. You want to say, yeah, I so I'm supportive. I was just surprised. It's okay, yeah. pleasantly surprised. Mm. Uh, they're like, you're living in a different decade, man. Yeah, I yeah. suppose he is. Definitely, yeah. Um, now we we will learn um, in New, in New York, I think, in in a later season. But we that Susie is a big believer on separating couples at dinner parties. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't like discuss that. this, maybe. Yeah. I well, mean, it depends. If you're close, it, close friends, that's one thing. And the people sort of want to self-select their seats. But if you're, you know, to force, to force the separation is very strange. Yeah. I mean, also it depends how your separation, like a lot of the meals that I had said, they end up being just separated by gender. But that's just so like you go talk to the guys who you're closer friends with. Right. So I've been to meals where they just, where they just like, they just seat everyone at that, like that from the outside. Cause they're like, who are we kidding? Like, they know what's gonna the happen. guys are going to want to talk to the guys. The girls are going to want to talk yeah. to the girls. Like let's, let's just sit that way. It's fine. So, but I think it's very strange and I have been to meals where they do this, but I think it's very strange when like the husband and wife uh, in a, you know, if it's a, a heterosexual married couple, uh, which it not always, but often is, are sitting on the opposite ends or like the two hosts are sitting on the opposite ends of the table. Um, yeah. I mean, some people, I think do that because it's like easier to like serve and whatever. I feel like I, well, but then, I mean, wouldn't you both want to be in the side closer to the kitchen? I don't know. To me, it's like, I feel like you want to like whisper snide remarks to your wife once in a while when necessary. You can't do it from across the table. Right. Yeah. Like, can we you, said that. Can we, you believe we what you said? Oh my God. Look what he's doing. You know? <laughs> Yeah, we can't generally sit else. next to each other. Um, my parents did the like across from each other thing. Ah, okay, and like the kids were like in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, we actually, we actually did because um, we we had like a barbecue and our neighbors came over. The aforementioned um, honeydew lover, but then it started raining, so we had to take it inside. So all the adults are vaccinated, but the children are obviously not vaccinated. So we sat all the adults in the middle of the table and then put the children on like the two heads of the table. It was it was actually uh-huh. very funny because, you know, it's a it's just a very unusual way to sit because you're not used to it. Right. But yeah. So so uh, fuck Hauser comes over and he's like, Larry, Jeff, you guys are amazing. I don't know what you did. Mm. Bam Bam has been so happy. She's been singing. I love the fat boy. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, I want you guys need to come back. Whatever you did, you got to come back and do it again because, um, you know, wh- whatever you did was amazing. And like, they're like, oh, I don't know, but like, they finally basically agree because like it's time to go eat and like they'd want to go eat. So they'd rather not fight with Funkhauser. Yeah. Um, so we're at the dinner table and Bam Bam is like totally just like outright flirting with Jeff. She's like blowing him kisses and like licking her lips at him. And like, Jeff like keeps like, Bam Bam like knows on. that Jeff is married to Susie, right? Um, I would, yeah, maybe I mean, not. But in I, their think, house, I, th- I think it's hard to miss. Yeah, you you should you should figure it out at least. And yeah. she should have been told whose house she's going to. Although I I have a first cousin who's a a tad aloof, I guess you could say. So like for example, he showed up like he he sort of once in a while shows up to family affairs, uh, but it's been like a long time since anyone's seen him. So he showed up to my son's bris and he went up to Jen and asked who she was. But that's like fine because it's not inherently obvious who she is. It's not like I mean. Usually, if you go to a child's bris, you know who the parents are, but it's possible to not know. But much weirder is she went to my sister's wedding, and she came up to my sister at my sister's wedding, where my sister was wearing a wedding dress, and, and he said to my sister, oh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Which I still don't understand how that's possible. Like, he thought another woman came to my sister's wedding wearing a wedding dress? And, and it might that be that. wild. Like, it, it just blew my mind that that was his first question. And I'm like, oh, are you Haley? Like, no. <laughs> what? So, um... yeah. We uh we so we got married at this place in Long Island, and we went for like our like uh you know wedding night honeymoon like initial honeymoon whatever to call it to this like other hotel nearby and um 
this like mansion on Long Island. And they like film a lot of uh, some. I can't, remember, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, um, but like they, we had to have in our contract that like my wife had to change out of her wedding dress before we came there because they had a wedding that was going on at this place. And they have a policy of this, like, never two brides shall meet. That, like, a, that a bride on her wedding day should not have to encounter another bride. So, like, is this a we, serious she, thing? That's crazy. Completely serious. Like, we, like, we had to, like, oh sign God. a thing that said, like, she would not come in her wedding dress to so this, uh, this hotel that's the mansion. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's, like, right here. Whatever. I don't know. So did she um, yeah, just they, like change into like sweatpants or did she have like another fancy dress that she No, I think she changed into like sweatpants. Uh, okay. Well no, that's the normal thing to do, but you know, women uh some people on their weddings are very particular about those things. Yeah. I, I don't remember my words here. Um yeah. So yeah, so you know, you have to be very careful about the multiple uh wedding dresses. Yeah, but for, did you get to see the other groom in your tuxedo or you had to take that off as well? <laughs> uh I don't think they, they have a policy like that for tuxedos. Mm. Now I would I would certainly you, can, hope you can't have the, a rule that no one else is allowed to wear a tuxedo. Well, but I I would certainly hope that for the purpose of uh, if they have a wedding between two women that they allow the two brides to meet. Uh, well, yeah, I would assume that the, those I two would brides so. would, want, would would want that. Yeah, that would be a very stupid policy to allow <laughs> to allow a. Uh, oh, this this comes up in a later curve where Larry gets interferes with a lesbian couple, tells them which one of them should be the bride and which one should be the groom. He doesn't like the way yeah. they've done it. Well, Larry's uh, which, a decade, as we know. Which again, he's doing the same thing here, where he's yeah. making uh, heteronormative or, uh, or you know gender normative uh, assumptions about any the people he meets in the street. So you know how like an extreme ultra orthodox. <laughs> um, Hasidic weddings were like the the entire wedding affair, like the party, the dinner, everything is 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 separated by gender. So I wonder how that works at a, at a gay wedding in that. And I guess the answer is they don't have them, but <laughs> at a gay wedding in that in that culture. But I guess they yeah, have them, so not a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ohika Castle, by the way, is the name of the place. Um, they sh- they film a lot of like TV shows, so, so, and stuff but, there. but I but I can never go there in my wedding dress. So why do I want to go there now? Right, you can't wear. Well, no, if you if there's not a wedding there that night, I don't think they care. It's only if they have a wedding that is taking place where like, the actual wedding is occurring at their. Uh, I mean, you know, I want to know how far night. they take this. Would, like, if somebody walked into the lobby there on a night that they have a wedding, wearing a wedding dress just because, would they? They shoot them. They shoot them. Yeah, they shoot them on sight. <laughs> shoot to kill. Like, Listen, they're not above the policy. <laughs> you have to inform other, people. Don't take your policies uh, seriously if you don't enforce them strictly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, they're looking. You know, they're looking lips at each other. Like like Jeff keeps like kind of like looking over to Susie to see what he has an opportunity to like blow her a kiss back or lift. Yeah, the glass. I don't understand why not. Why does Jeff just totally ignore her? Isn't that a safer <laughs> move? You would think so, but like, he's obviously very turned on by her. And he wants like he wants this to continue. He's like, oh, like he's not one? done with Bam Bam. Yeah, oh. I, it sounds like he had very good sex with Bam Bam. It was good. I mean, well, it, was, it was certainly great, great for her apparently. And Bam Bam is very into it. She's singing "I Love the Fat Boy." Yeah. Um. So, um, like, um, I don't know why. I don't know what it was. That all of a sudden, she gets like angry at Larry, she, and like she like rats out Larry for have taking food from the fridge. I don't know if Larry. I don't think Larry does anything. I think she just like all of a sudden just throws him under the bus for no reason. Um, well, but there's and, obviously hypocrisy there, which is what Doctor Morris will jump she, on. Right, but like, why? Like, why did she think to say that? But yeah. Um, also, like, wasn't she like, appre- like wasn't she appreciative of Larry exiting the scene to permit the uh, you know? The you would think, yeah. Scene? I mean, yeah, she, Larry Larry's, was almost, Larry's her wingman. Yeah, he was a wingman for 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 Jeff, for her, for one of them. I don't know. 
he was the third wheel who knew when to make himself scarce. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so she, she calls him out. Uh, the doctor calls him a hypocrite. Even Marty is angry. He's like, liquids would be one thing. You can't take actual food. Yeah. Uh, Bam Bam then sort of suggests, he's like, oh, well, you were there. Oh, wait, you weren't there. Where were you? You were in bed having sex with me. <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Susie starts railing into Jeff. She's going crazy at him. I mean, uh, understandably. But- yeah, but yeah, very fair. Uh, but ultimately, she's like, "You had so you, know, you had took advantage of a mental, mentally handicapped girl," and um, and they're you know they're able to settle everyone down. They convince her them that Bam Bam is crazy and that she's lying. And Susie's like, "You know what? Actually, you know, even Bam Bam is not crazy enough to sleep with you. Only I am. You're probably telling the truth, which um, she should know is not the case." Yeah, she knows um, that the history of. Uh... Yeah, and fuck, like, and like, actresses, as he says. Yeah, yes. they totally flip out of Ted Funkhauser is now apologizing to them. Completely insane. saying, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry that I brought my, you know, I brought her here. You know, don't worry, we're going to send her back to the institution. Yeah. And Jeff's like, good. And Larry's like, well, I don't know if we need to send her to the institution, per se. Yeah. Um, uh, I need to say, like, technically lying. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of spoiling the end of the episode here, but I think that forget about committing adultery and then. Even forget about, which is obviously not a thing you can forget about, a crime of, like, a, if she's not a person who's able to give consent. But, like, for for Jeff to keep send a woman to a mental hospital who shouldn't be there to basically hide the secret of his adultery, it, even Larry feels bad and tries to argue against it in the scene. Like, to me, like, we have a new uh, king of the castle for the worst person ever <laughs> in the history of the show. Like, Jeff's yeah, behavior I in think- this episode is so beyond the path. Uh, yeah, no, it's obviously this is, you know, levels worse than almost anything we have ever seen on this show i mean this yeah, is it's, right. it's, even it's, even it's the best even in the best case scenario it's very bad in the worst case scenario this is like criminal yes but yeah we, we obviously don't really know much enough about like what her actual but condition I, say, but even in the, is. I don't think my perception is that she's just sort of kooky it maybe had you know an emotional breakdown at one point or another which is why she went right. to some some kind of facility but she doesn't seem to be impaired uh, right. She's just a little bit kooky, so I don't I don't see him as having committed anything immoral there, other than of yeah, course pro- yeah. committing adultery. But but then but right. that's why the second sin is so evil because to lie about a woman who does not need to go to a mental hospital to send her to a mental hospital to cover up your adultery. Right. So it's like it's it's kind either of like way, either way either way he's either like, way he screws so either either yeah. he took advantage of a, of a mentally a ill rapist, person basically yeah and he's a rapist basically or he committed a non mentally ill person to a mental institution because he yeah. gaslit her and convinced everyone that she was lying yeah. when really he's the it's one who did something bad. So either way he's very bad. Yeah. Yes. You're right. <laughs> Jeff yeah. is a. Very, very bad for a comedy. And then Bam Bam, of course, says, you're serving nothing but lies. I'm not hungry. <laughs> All right. Which is great um, yeah, so... Um, where are we? Oh, so Larry uh, Larry gets a phone call, reminded me he has to go pick up Loretta's prescription, and the doctor's like, what the hell? You haven't given her medicine yet? He's like, oh, I was going to get on the way home. He's like, all right, I'll go now. I'll come back. And Susan's like, no, if you leave, you're out. Goodbye, Larry. So Larry, of course, is still hungry, so he calls up over to the house. He wants to find out from Loretta the name of a restaurant that they recently went to so that she could go pick up some food from there. And Auntie Ray picks up, and she won't put Loretta on the phone because she says she's resting. And Larry's like, is she sleeping? Yeah. And she's like, no, she's resting. So Larry's like, well, then you could put her on the phone. She's like, no, she's resting. Yeah. Uh, By the like, way, this is another her. example of Curb's you know, inconsistent cell phone awareness because Larry's yeah. not calling um, Loretta on her cell phone. He's calling his own landline. Talk to right. his girlfriend, where he has to go through the gatekeeper that is Auntie May. 
Yeah, I have, I basically have this with my kids sometimes, where it's like I have to like the the only thing they'll possibly accept as like where they're not allowed to bother uh, my wife is like if she's literally sleeping. So I have to say she's sleeping because it's like if she's just like no, she's like resting. Like then they're like oh that means we could bother her. Yeah, it's like I have to like lie and say she's sleeping even if I know she's not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, she she's not she's not letting Larry speak to Loretta, but it seems like he figured it out right because he ends up there. Yeah. Um, and you know, he gets there to say, like, oh, well, what's a food? They're like, oh, your, t- your, your, uh, your party is already here. And lo and behold, uh, Cheryl and Wanda are there dining under Larry's good name. And you know, they're like, all right, I guess, you know, you're here. We're using your name. Why don't you sit down and join us? So now Larry's already like, he's like behind where he was had he just stayed at the initial dinner party. Like, you know, he's like first sitting down to like eat dinner, like a new dinner party, and he hasn't yet picked up the prescription. Yeah. But also, it, it is very, you know, I feel like, from Larry's perspective, you didn't want to be associated with me, but then you want the slight perks, you know, like once we're divorced, we're divorced. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we find out from Cheryl that, um, you know, Glenn is out of the picture. Sorry, Glenn. Sorry, Tim. We hardly a tragic need. loss of Tim Common. Tragic loss. That's the. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure he will not uh, be mentioned again. Um, and yeah. by the way, there's kind of an implication that Crazy Eyes is out of the picture also because. Wanda, you know, poking fun at Larry for for dating Loretta, I guess, asked Larry if he knows Lil Wayne, but she's the one who was married to the rapper. Right. Uh, Yeah. She like she jokes that uh, she's putting Larry up for an NAACP image, NAACP, right? That's how you say it. NAACP image award. Yeah, it's like it, I couldn't tell precisely like to what extent she's like like uh, actually like like loves Larry now because she, he's they like it seems like oh, general. No. I think she's being sarcastic and contemptual still. Yeah, I think it seems like more genuine to me this time. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, so yeah, so Larry is like uh, yeah, Larry and Cheryl are having trouble uh, reading their menus, so they decide to go outside and read them because I guess that's a thing that you would yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been in dark restaurants before, and your only option is to go outside onto the street <laughs> to look at the menu. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, restaurants so, are getting rid of their menus for like COVID reasons. They just have the um, yeah. the you know, what, what are those barcodes you take pictures of on your phone? I sound like such an old man right now. Barcodes you take pictures of on your phone. Yeah, those little squares, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they're called. All right. So you're also an old man. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're talking about. I know how to, I know how to use it. I just don't yeah. remember what it's called. Yeah. All right. Um, someone will tell us. Or not. Who cares? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So they both admit to each other that they uh, they have missed each other. And, you know, Cheryl gives them this whole speech about how, you know, I liked you more like when you were, you know, when you were working on Seinfeld, and, like you were busy and you weren't home a lot. That was the right amount of Larry. But then, you know, you stopped working and you're home all the time and it's too much Larry, too late, Larry. Larry totally understands. He says, you, you think you haven't been? I have to deal with me 24 hours a day. You think you think I like that? This is a very sort of a. Very real pre-COVID, post-COVID conversation. I think a lot of relationships dealt with this this year. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I hear that. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely in the category of, I remember like right at the beginning of COVID, I saw this like great Twitter poll that captured like the COVID experience for me, where it was like, before COVID, I was blank. And be- after COVID, I realized now blank. And it was with extrovert and introvert. Like mm-hmm. meaning, like I thought I was an introvert, and now I realize I'm even more of an introvert than I was. And like that was like the number one category by far. 
at that uh, like on the Twitter poll results. And that was like exactly me where like, I realized that like I have become so accustomed to like just being like only by myself for like so long. It's like, you know, just like working in an office, like, I'm just like the 90% of the day, you're just like sitting in a room by yourself that like all of a sudden, like being around people all the time, even if they were my kids was like, well, this is a lot of people. But I think also, I don't know. I don't know if you'd say ironically, but even though it's been a year or a year plus now of seeing fewer people, I think it's been in terms of communicating with people, whether, you know, electronically or via video chat or whatever, in some ways it's more, more frequent times than it was in the pre, in the pre times now. Um, yeah, I guess with certain people, it just has been, but like, I feel like there's other people who I've like just totally lost touch with. Like I would have seen a bunch of times. Oh yeah. People in my neighborhood who don't live like very, like people who live within a couple blocks of me, I've become closer with people who live like on the other side of town who I used to see once a week. I, I, you know, I've barely seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, like any, once every six months now, it's like crazy. Like any, uh, ex, uh, significant other, hoping to to uh get back together larry promises to change uh but of course at the at that exact second he gets a call from auntie ray telling him that the doctor's on the way to the house with the biopsy results the race and is then we, yeah we have a race it's a race and uh larry has to rush home because he realizes he has to beat the doctor there so he could break up with her before the doctor gets there of course um and um as he's driving along the way, he sees the doctor, but he, so he like he like ducks down because he doesn't want to see that the doctor should see that he, what he's doing, I guess, because I guess the doctor might try to beat him. And he beats the doctor home, but as he's there, Bam Bam is there, and she's yelling because like she wants him to call Bernie and tell him that she wasn't lying because she wants to send him back to the institution. And as they're arguing, they see some guys like breaking into it, steals a car. And... Oh, we forgot to mention that that like B plot from before earlier in the episode. What just that uh, the but robberies they had established that there was robberies in the neighborhood? Yeah, we oh, said well, I that. Guess, uh, Larry briefly did when he said, "I don't want to talk and, to the neighbors." Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, Larry when he was driving home, he called some guy a schmohawk again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they bring that back. I just that's not uh, uh, his father. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, I guess so. It must have been a different neighbor who called the cops because like the cops pull up way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy is gone and they're there like forty seconds later. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but unless like it was it was like a robbery that had already been in progress for fifteen minutes or something. Um, so yeah, so the, they're like, Hey, what happened? And like Funkhouse was like, don't ask her any questions. She's crazy. Nothing she tells you is going to be useful. <laughs> so now like Larry's stuck. He has to be the one that talks to the cops. And as a result of Larry being stuck talking to the cops, the doctor is able to cut the line. He sneaks in, um, as he follows into the house, uh, sometime later, uh, we find out that Loretta indeed has been diagnosed with cancer and this for me is one of the most like memorable moments in curb history. I remember the first time I watched this, my wife just started like cracking up to this scene more than anything I've ever seen her laugh. And like anything we've ever watched together. When Larry does this like fake the acting, yeah. the acting like pretending it's, to it's, be it's like amazing. Yeah. He's like so but like shocked and downtrodden. Yeah. Like she made me keep like rewinding it so she could watch it again because she just like was like it's rolling a, on the yeah. floor. No, it's so, like we like we like reference that all the time. They're just like the fake they're like, oh like I'm so sad. Like I'm so overcome with grief. <laughs> so yeah. good. Um, really incredible. So yeah, so the doctor is like, listen, uh, you know, 
it's it's gonna it's not gonna be good. The next four years are gonna be are gonna be really rough. Um, you know, your life is gonna be you know. This is how doctors caring. talk, by the way, when they give someone a, a positive, <laughs> yeah. positive answer. Yeah, um, you'll be caring for her constantly. Uh, the house will have to be kept at you know very hot, at least seventy eight to eighty two degrees at all times. Um, Larry's like, well, I could still golf, right? He's like, no, absolutely not. You'll be way too busy. Like, zero about- holes, Mr. David. <laughs> One time a week, zero times. Uh, nine holes, zero holes, Mr. David. Um, yeah, By no, way, her did life- Dr. Schaefer leave Sam alone at the dinner party to run over here with the news? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah, they should have just coordinated that better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, it's like, you know, if the doctor is coming over in person, it's bad news. <laughs> Yeah, like if it's good news, they just tell you with the photo. You're negative. It's fine. Yeah, they don't come I, I, over to deliver it. I have a I have a PCR test scheduled, um, which I assume is going to be negative because I've been vaccinated. And I'm also not sick, but I have to get it for uh, formality. And they told me at, at the office where I'm scheduling it. They said, "All right." And then an hour after the test, we have to schedule. Um, we we can't just email the results. The rules is we have to schedule. You have to speak to the doctor. Um, you can do video chat, or uh, would you prefer video chat, or do you want it on the phone? I'm like. I mean, if I need to do it, I'll just do it on the phone. That's fine. She's like, are you sure you don't want the video chat option? Like, no, I don't want the video chat option. Like, you know, but yeah, when, when, when they're coming over, it's bad news. <laughs> Here's my question. Yeah. Like, what is Dr. Schaefer in this scene or the whole episode, but especially this scene, like he's really laying it on like intentionally, right? Like he has it out for Larry David, right? Yeah. He thinks Larry's an asshole and he's, yeah. and he, he understands yeah. the situation that like now Larry is going to have to like, it's going to be really shitty for Larry. He yeah. knows the type of guy that Larry is. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, this is Larry David's own personal hell. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a bit too much for me. You know, I don't feel like a doctor, but, you know, whatever. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to be uh, incontinence, depression, mood swings, yeah. hair loss, irritability. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Larry, we just get that shot. of just like Larry, just like looking into the camera yeah. of like, oh, God. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Got Season back one, episode for... one in the books. He, uh, Dr. Schaefer got back at Larry for condescending to him with his tiny pair. That's right. He certainly had the last laugh uh, yeah. that's delivering the news of Loretta's cancer. Av, what is your rating for this episode? My rating for this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, I think this is a four out of five pretty episode. Um, lots of laughs. Uh, Bam Bam is awesome. I mean, obviously, you know, Jeff's stuff is horrible, but like um, it's still just like a, a very ridiculous situation, and it's like you know, it's we we expect uh, over the top grotesque stuff on Curb, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I think so. This episode's a lot of fun. Uh, the Doctor Schaefer debate is very fun. I think the you know asking who's coming is like a is like a real uh, social etiquette thing that's kind of silly that people do. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff. I give it four out of five. Hmm. I, I think um, I felt last season guilty a lot, like I was sort of being a turd in the punch bowl because I was sort of rating it lower than you and most of the listeners. And I kind of feel that way a little bit today. Like I'm excited to have Kerr back. Uh, I, I love the the sort of the subtle hints about the Seinfeld reunion that are dropped in that Larry Cheryl scene, right? Where they talk about, um, I mean, the, the first time we see the episode, of course, we have no idea. But rewatching it now, we see right. when she talks about that. And so right. we're very excited to see where the season's going. There are a couple of really funny things here, but like the Bam Bam stuff just makes me so uncomfortable. Like, right? You know, I, uh, I I don't know. I just so for the, for that reason alone, I'm just sort of. I'm torn about this episode. So I'll say it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half. Um, because, yeah, there's there's some very good parts, but uh, there's some things that make me very comfortable with the episode. Yep. 
and and by the way, I guess it, we'll jump right next to the come with guy now. And again, I don't want to be like Catherine O'Hara. First of all, she's phenomenal, but I just I really hate like when I just hate mocking like mentally disabled and also mental illness. Like my entire life, I have despised Howard Stern, who like everyone else seems to worship at just because of like, I've never heard an episode of Gary, of Howard Stern, but I've, I've basically have consumed none of his content, but I just know he had like that. What was it? Gary, the retard or something. Yeah. I think that's the guy. Yeah, and yeah. I, just, I don't, I don't, I, hate, I, don't, I, don't listen I just hated that so much. Like even as a kid, I was always very like, I don't know, maybe because of familial things. It's just like, it would pain me. And so like, I, I, you know, I don't know. So Bam Bam, the whole character, I just, I can't, I mean, I think she's the obvious choice to come with gal, but I just, I really can't do it. I just like, I want it off my screen. Um, and honestly, like I thought Seth Morris, always an entertaining performer, but there's something, it's the point, but there's something so unlikable about the doctor character. I can't give it to him. So I'm going to give it to Marty here. Um, the episode does have his name in it, right? It's not called the Bam Bam episode. It's called Funkhouse's Crazy Sister. So there you go. Name yeah. the title. So yeah, he gets name in the title. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Marty here, but I assume that most people are going Bam Bam. Yeah, I'm going to go Bab Bab. Um, yeah, I certainly hear what you're saying. You know, if it's kind of just like if it doesn't, it's like one of those things sometimes where like once it just like you're taken out of it, like it just kind of all loses its flair. And I guess, you know, I, to your point from earlier, I just thought of it mostly more as just like kooky than anything. And she just like obviously she steals the show. Whatever she's well, from uh, an acting perspective, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, I guess I just thought it more and more of just like the just like the character as a whole. But, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely uh, hear your discomfort with it. It is interesting that uh, Marty has been named uh, the come with guy three times now on the show, but never by both like it, me twice. You once, but we've never been in agreement. Interesting. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, Marty. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's go to the fucking asshole. I'm- I don't think there's a lot of drama here. Yeah, I think we're both on Jeff, right? I mean, he's the obvious choice here. I mean, yeah, I mean, as we discussed, either way, he's he does something very horrible. Yeah, and, um, and again, it's not even the adultery to me, which that's like par for the course with Jeff. It's like the willingness to gaslight a woman and send her to a mental institution to cover <laughs> adultery. Yeah, that's yeah, it's really not good. It's really it's not very good. bad. So I'm I'm going to propose that Jeff replaces Doctor Slavin as the worst person we've seen yet. Yeah, that's uh, five five pretty bads. Yeah, and um, <laughs> five out of five. Yeah, and and so Doctor Slavin only only held that only held that title for two episodes. People are. I, um, I think the curb as we continue to watch is just going to get more and more extreme and like the the badness of it. Yeah, although we might never get worse than quasi rape slash sure. committing someone to a mental institution yeah. who doesn't belong there. That's, That's uh, true. Now, so Jeff, uh, the first time that Jeff uh, was in season one, episode ten, the group. That's the first time that Jeff uh, is the worst person. What did he do there? Do you remember? Um, so the group was the one, of course, where where Larry attends the meeting. Oh, I think because he he doesn't he commit adultery there also. Yeah, I mean, it sounds plausible. Calls her a big baller wrong. Then I gave it to him in the anonymous donor when you gave it to Ted Danson. Um, I don't remember exactly why there. Yeah, but this episode, yeah, he, he's it's gonna be hard to drag it from him. But uh, I don't know. I feel like the 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 pace of of, of awfulness has really stepped up the way everything else is in this show. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully it'll continue. Yeah. So our big celebrity cameo is Catherine O'Hara, of course. Catherine O'Hara, wonderful, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Home Alone is was just, like, such a huge part of my childhood. We watch it out every year in my house. Um, just, like, two, the, both of those movies are just wonderful, and she's just, like, a huge part of what makes those movies not just, like, funny, but, like, she's, like, so much of the heart of the movie. Both movies comes from her. To me, like, the Christopher Guest, all, like, those movies is what jumps out to me the most. But also, I don't yeah. think I've actually seen Home Alone in 25 years, so. 
Oh yeah, we watch we watch at least one, usually both, uh, Christmas, New Year's every year in my house. It's, it's and like, that's your house growing up with your parents, or your also, or, or is we did it. We did it often in my parents' house, okay. at least me and my sisters. And since I've been married, we I've watched it every year, mm. me and my wife, and now with my kids as well. Mm. And we always, uh, you know, we every, everyone in my house loves it. Like they're yeah. great movies. They're just super fun. Yeah, I should probably rewatch uh, at least the first one. Yeah, your kids will love it. Like, it's just like there's like kids, the guys, the bad guys fall because of booby traps. Like, it's great stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to give my kids ideas. I'm like walking on enough Legos and stuff in my house as it is. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my kids tried to prank me on, uh, on April Fool's Day. They, uh, tried to replace the cream in a cookie with toothpaste, but like they were extremely, like, not smooth about it. Like, I do, like, they like, like walked up to me, like, Daddy, do you want a cookie? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, obviously, like, you're up to something. You, you don't normally offer me food. That's not, that's ask- not a typical arrangement in this relationship. <laughs> but yeah. you're preparing food for me. Um, so, but you're not even doing it for the purpose of, like, you know, uh, like going through the motions for them? No, I don't want to be pranked. What do I need to be pranked for? You got to let your kid. I mean, you, you laugh at your kids' bad jokes, don't you? Yeah, no, I want to let them know right away. I'm not engaging in, these, in any sort of pranks with them. You can do a prank. Like, you're going to get no credit. You're just going to get punished. Yeah. I fall for it, you're going to be punished. And if you don't if you don't get me, you're, you're, it's going to be lame. So yeah. just right. don't bother. Okay. We're not, no pranks in my house. Um, yeah. So on IMDb, they list uh, among the cast for this episode. They say Lou DiMaggio plays himself in this episode. Where was he? Was he at the, he was at the dinner party? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't remember him. He was probably at the dinner party. Where else could he have been? Um, why was he there though? He's is is, is Jeff his, his agent, I guess. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Where what where else, what other scenes did we have in the episode where there were? I don't know, but I'm just confused. And I mean, I would argue people. Lou DiMaggio, assuming he was in the episode and he played himself, I think he becomes the new least famous person to play himself in the episode, right? Well, he was in another episode, I believe, right? Of Curb. Hmm. Yeah. It's a fair question. I believe so. I believe he was. All right, let's uh, IMD bag him right now. He's best Sub-Bero. known for his work on HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, he was in a few episodes. Um, as a restaurant investor along Michael York. And right, there you go. Oh, interesting. I wasn't sure if he was with the producers or the restaurant, but yeah, he was one of the restaurant investors, okay. yes. All right. So then bad job by me. Um, so then, all right. So yeah. So then he's, but 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 then on that episode, then when he came in, though, is, is he not the least famous person? Um, played himself. Yeah, he's out there. Oh, I said to you, I wanted to figure out like categories for this. Yeah. So like, I was thinking that. So it's like to start with, like Larry has like two kind of like there's two like main side characters that play themselves. That's Ted Dancer and Richard Lewis. Yeah. So like, I was thinking that it's like kind of like the upper club is like the Ted Dancing Club. So it's like if you're Ted Dancing or club. And then it's like the Richard Lewis is like the least famous people to play themselves, right? Because it's like Richard Lewis like was only famous like in a very niche neighborhood, like niche like community. Sure, but like the that. funny thing is, for my personal life, Richard Lewis was much more important than Ted Danson before Curb. Okay, fine. Because meeting, Robin like, Men in Tights is was like my favorite movie for most of my life, and I had never consumed any Ted Danson. Like I, I knew who Ted Danson was. I knew about you know Becker. <laughs> I just like using Becker as the reference for him, like right. The, yeah. But uh, no, but I know about Cheers, obviously. Um, but and and obviously the Good Place, you know, more contemporaneously. But the only, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to think of like what he's been in that I really love. And the only thing I can really think of is, oh my god, what's that HBO show? Oh my goodness, with uh, Richard Lewis? No, with Ted Danson. 
Oh, with Ted Danson, HBO show. Oh my god! Bored to death. Bored to death. That. Thank you. Yeah, bored to death. Yes, bored to death is is one of my favorite shows, even though I just forgot the name of it embarrassingly. And um, yeah, Jason Schwartzman and and Zach Galifianakis and Ted Danson plays like uh, uh-huh. one of the main characters in the show. Got it. He, he plays. It seems like he plays a similar character in that show. Isn't he playing the mayor in a new show now? I don't know. He would be. Yeah, I don't know. He's playing the mayor of Los Angeles, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Ted Danson is awesome. He's just like so charming. Like, he was like amazing oh, in a good place. No, for sure. I like him in everything he's been in, but I'm just saying, like, he hadn't been in anything um, in the first 25 years of my life that had a huge that, 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 that you cared about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I did watch. I watched Hairs now, so like, he wasn't that important to me for that. Um, yeah, he's very good looking and charming, and uh, understandable why he's a very successful movie star. Not movie yeah, star, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, That's what it's called. Mr. Mayor, yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah, Mr. Manager. <laughs> Mr. Manager. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's, I, so I think those are like the two like interesting categories, like to be like above the Ted Danson line or below the Richard Lewis line. Okay. So, Ted Danson line will be anyone above it who's more famous than Ted Danson? Right. If you were more famous than Ted Danson, okay. you were on the show and you played yourself, okay. you're like in the Ted Danson right. group. You're so, Sha- Danson Shaq line. is definitely there. Yeah. I would say David Schwimmer, no. At the time he was on the show, yes, because Friends was the biggest show in the world, but now, no, for sure, obviously. Now, no, but at the time, yes, right. So, yeah, Mel Brooks. By face, no. By name, maybe yes. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, Scorsese, yeah. definitely the same. The same, yes. By, by name, yeah. very, pretty famous. Jerry Seinfeld, I think, is still bigger than Ted Danson. Yes. Because his show was called Seinfeld. Um, and then Ben Stiller, also probably bigger than Ted Danson. Um, yeah, at the time, probably. I'm still. But yeah. Oh, close. Not. Close. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, probably bad seller more. So who's less famous than Richard Lewis, you're saying? So probably Luther Baggio. Yeah. But I think we and not including it. not including the uh, HBO special. Oh, uh, yeah. So, OK. So I think we got Mary Steenbergen. Um, yeah. Less famous than Richard Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk at the time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, but he doesn't play himself. He plays Porto Gill. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. We're looking for people to play themselves. That's true. Um, Brad Hall. He's really only famous for being JLD's husband. Um, yeah. So he's probably less famous. Yeah. Um, Wanda Sykes. No. Richard Lewis had been in movies and stuff. Wanda Sykes hadn't been at that point. Yeah. He's more famous. Yeah. What about Mike Binder? I'm busy watching on Showtime. Mike Binder has made this documentary series about the comedy store. Oh, cool. And um, so I've, I've seen a lot of Mike Binder in the last few days. But uh, Mike Biner definitely less famous than Richard Lewis when he was on the show. Yeah, less famous. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Michael York, uh, I would say more. Really? I'm not sure. I mean, I like primarily knew Michael York from like Austin Powers, but like a previous generation, he was pretty well established. No. Yeah. So I don't know him. Mm. I, 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 to me, Richard Lewis is more famous, but I don't really. Know. Okay, I, so I don't have a good like, sense so of Michael York. Like, so stick Michael York in the Richard Lewis club. Yeah, I'm willing to put him in there. All right. So, so we have uh, a nice club there. Yeah. Well, are we done? I'm only in season four. Oh, so four. Okay, Katie yeah, Hoffman. Katie Hoffman, I think yes. Um, Christine Taylor at the time probably yes. Yes, yeah, she was in the movies. Yeah. Um, Colby Donaldson. I mean, I never heard of him. Yes. Last summer. So. Yeah, he's more. He's more famous. Richard Lewis is. No, I think Colby Donaldson is more famous. I mean, I had never heard of Colby Donaldson until last summer. I understand okay, he so, was on the he was on the biggest show a- in America. So, right. That's what it was. That's what the show was. The big, like it was its ratings were off the charts and he was they never even say his name on Curb. He's just that survivor guy. 
Is that right. the case? Yeah. Um, I oh, think he's fair. more. I, I like. I think like in New York City, Richard Lewis is more more famous. In America, I think Colby Donaldson was more okay, famous. Like fair. people like around the country don't know Richard Lewis. I feel like. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, scrolling right along here, um, season seven. We're now. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's our club. So All right, so that's Richard our Richard Lewis, Lewis club. Yeah, and then I'm sure there's a bunch of people in the middle. So you know, we'll. Uh, that's yeah. the, the middle is a, is an interesting place to be. Yeah, the juicy part of the curve, as we say. So yeah, so we got we got six people in the Richard Lewis Club, and we got six people in the in the um, Ted Danson Club. So welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. If you have a, if anyone if anyone has uh, interesting ideas for things for different different stick we could do, we'll probably just do it if we think it's funny. Yeah. And also tell us if you think if you grievously disagree with our decisions about who belongs in which club. Yeah. Yeah. We like to hear. We like to hear uh, about our bad takes. I mean, maybe some people think Alanis Morissette's more famous than Ted Danson. Oh, we didn't even talk about her. Um, did we say we did we mention her? No, we didn't mention her because I think Ted Danson more famous. But I think many people. Yeah, disagree you're probably with right. Me. Yeah, I'm sure people will disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, that's disagree, a, that's a, that's... people disagree about Rob Reiner, probably older people. Joan Rivers, maybe. Oh, Joan Rivers was pretty famous because she had like a talk show, right? Yeah, she was. She would replace Johnny Carson, and then she had her own show on Fox for a little bit. That Johnny Carson, like you know, sort of tried yeah, to so... freeze off. I mean, Ted Danson was very famous. Like yeah. he was on like the biggest sitcom for like yeah. twelve years. I think that's true. Rosie O'Donnell, Nathan Lane. When there was like there was like three things on TV in the eighties, like yeah. everyone watched yours. Like it was like it wasn't like today where like nobody yeah. watched the same stuff. But what about oh Hugh Hefner? He's more famous. Yeah, I mean, Hugh Hefner's more, very famous. Yeah, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, he was very famous. He was definitely a, a very well known name just Gary because Player, of like what he was. Bugsy Bogues. John McEnroe Tyrone. probably more famous. McEnroe very famous. Yeah, yeah. McEnroe's up there. John Legend nowadays, but at the time wasn't. Definitely not at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next week I think we get Doctor Phil. Dr. Phil, yes. Yeah. All right. Dr. Is it time Phil's for the show? Uh, yeah. Let's head to the postman. And um, I don't know if we said earlier, but we uh, we added a new email address that we think uh, would be uh, easier to remember. So going forward, you could send your emails to curbpostman at gmail.com. Um, of course, you could also still send it to pretty good curbpod at gmail.com, but uh, curb postman, probably easier to yell. Curb postman, postman, but don't write postman twice. That will come. I tried. I, I, the first thing I tried was postman, postman at gmail.com, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't, wasn't available. Somebody yeah. already took that. Too probably that, probably that actor, he quite like yeah. that for like branding. The anti Wagner act, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The anti Wagner act. Wasn't it Richard? Walter. 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 Richard. Walter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. So, uh, yeah, send in your uh, feedback to uh, curbpostman at gmail.com. Um, as I understand it, we got a new season seven. We got new uh, letters in the, from the postman today. Yeah, we got some new people this week. Um, yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we started our little uh, pretty, pretty good uh, little chat over there, uh, which, you know, listeners are welcome to join. You could uh, if you if you if you if you want to know how to get in, just DM me or Twitter or WhatsApp, wherever you find me and I'll. I'll let you in unless you're a serial killer. If you're a serial killer, please let me know. You have to tell. You have to tell. Yes. So yeah, full disclosure. Um, I won't report you to the police, but I just won't let you. You know what? I'm going to. It's not only if you're a serial killer, actually. If you have done anything worse than what Jeff Green did in this episode, you have to tell us. You have to tell us what you did. Or the same. Yeah. Yeah. Or 10% better. if If you think that you can break Jeff Green's record from this episode, you have to tell us. You don't have to tell us what you did. You just you have you can't join the, the chat basically yeah just self-report it's fine yeah. it's it's no hard feelings yeah just or, or just don't, don't even ask me in the group at all then we won't even know 
Yeah, right, exactly. We, yeah. we can just avoid this tall, awkward altercation. If you're already in the chat and you've done something worse than Jeff Green. Yeah, just kindly show yourself out. We won't ask any questions. Just yeah. wait, I guess wait like a few days so it's like not obvious that you're yeah. doing a direct response to yeah. this episode. If they leave an hour after this episode drops, it'll be very awkward. Yeah, so like, we'll, we'll post this on Thursday. So yeah, just like wait till Friday afternoon. So like, yeah. But now I guess... No, you said Friday afternoon. afternoon. Right, you yeah. can't say All right. because you're going to push use your, Yeah, just use your judgment. Use your judgment on when to leave the chat, but please leave. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, let's head over to the postman. Postman! Uh, Postman! Come here! here Tell the neighborhood! Okay, so some new emailers this week. Our first uh, new email is from Michael J. Clark, and he says it was a solid season opening episode. Very memorable story. Perfect curb resolution dilemma for Larry. Jeff is the come with guy. Interesting. Uh, Dr. Seth Morris is the fucking asshole. Uh, 3.5 pretties. So nice, solid episode from uh, Michael J. Clark. Uh, Matt Stewart. I think Michael in. probably is taking a more lighthearted approach, which is probably the better way to go, honestly. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're probably overanalyzing. Yeah, let's not get uh, into the darkness. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our minds went to the, went to the darkest possible place, I suppose. Um, yeah, so he uh, Matt writes that the worst person is Jeff. He left Larry hanging at the Funkhauser, so just wait for him to finish his business. I'm no legal expert, but there may be some issues with the relations with Bam Bam. Yeah. Um, not telling Larry who was coming to the party. So it's like, right, these are like his infractions. It's like, um, you left Larry hanging out to dry. Uh, you may have raped Bam Bam. You didn't tell Larry who was coming to the party. Oh, <laughs> and then you got, and then you got her recommitted to save his ass. It's like, that's uh, how Matt's framing this. Hmm. Um, come with Guy. He gives it to Funkhauser because he lets people take any drink from his fridge without asking. Now that's a great friend. Yeah. And Matt says it is a four and a half pretties episode it was super funny and Catherine o'hara was great even if there are issues with her acting as someone mentally challenged all right uh third email is a return to the postman from boy roseberry herself back for this very episode she writes hey alex and av this is moira and jamie and i know i know i know hannah montana <laughs> it's such very a weird, weird guess it really- <laughs> such a weird guess there's no way it's hannah montana um, my boyfriend, Jamie, if you remember the guy that introduced me to Curb, is visiting from Colorado. After multiple drinks, we went back to the hotel, you know, the one hotel in Los Angeles, and we're thrilled to learn that HBO was available on the hotel room TV. I told him about your podcast, so we decided to watch Funkhouse's Crazy Sister. All right, we're on schedule. Mm. I probably passed out by the time Catherine O'Hara got on the screen, yet as I've previously mentioned... I've seen the show so many times I wasn't concerned. And I think she sent in a couple of questions that we, uh, asked. I think she, she's the one who, she was the one who asked, uh, which, uh, celebrity dropped early in the episode. We were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she says, thanks in advance. And we are hoping that we got the email in on time. You, you, uh, you very much did, mm. uh, as I am now reading it, Moira and Jamie. Good to hear from you as always. Yeah. Like, uh, let's, uh, maybe let's stay on schedule. We'll do seven, seven, two next week <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. I think we can do it. It's going to be fun. All right. Next email is from Jim Crumbly, and he says, while this episode may not have been the most iconic, might not have the most iconic moments, it was funny. It's been a while since I laughed at Curb so hard, and I give it four pretties. Come with Guy is Jeff. He inexplicably went with Larry to see Funkhauser's crazy sister, let Larry have the first shift at the bathroom, (laughs) and even service the crazy lady. Who could ask for a better friend? Yes. I mean, in a certain way, looking at it, that's definitely true. Uh, fucking asshole of the week is the doctor. There were lots of choices in this episode, but what could be worse than taking a lemonade out of the refrigerator without permission? Yeah, I'm. I'm really starting to regret the seriousness with which, which we took fucking asshole. It's sort of like you know, uh, Akiva always says when we are like our worst person in sport, sports. Like we're not talking about like the real worst people. We're talking about like you know, 
Forget the about the, the, yeah, right, the actual the crimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes when we see actual crimes, we should call them out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is up is William Blake, who says, I'm Will, and I could tell what people are going to offer me lemonade. I think the final montage with Larry and the Black family helps fill in all the time between season six and season seven. Right. I guess that's, uh, that's right. We're picking up. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a good call. Um, so the uh, come with gal, he gives it to Wanda. She was cordial and helped with an image makeover for Larry after mm-hmm. the gerbil incidents. Uh, the fucking asshole goes to Jeff. How many women will he sleep with before Susan Lee finally dumps him? I forgot. Um, yeah, I think it's like, uh, it's the one that really like sends her over the edges. Like when she like meets this like realtor who's like showing him houses and having sex with him in the houses. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's sad though. That's like season eight or season nine. I don't remember. All right. A few more. The next email is from the great Jared Jerome. He says, maybe you guys should have taken more than a week off recapping because this was another stinker from Larry oh, Charles and David. Oh, oh, oh. Jared, another flying ointment email this week episode was all over the map and nothing really came together at the end. Larry racing home back to the, his house. What's that about? Is this Ferris Bueller? Who cares who gets there first? <laughs> well, you see Jared, if he breaks up with her immediately before the doctor, he's totally in the clear without any repercussions. Um, Loretta, Loretta is deathly ill out of nowhere. Suddenly the blacks are all horrible. Needed against Larry. Was that What was that weird Cheryl scene? Just a lot of random non sequitur scenes and plot lines set up as it ends to a means that doesn't even pay off. Bam Bam stuff was funny, especially the table sex gesturing with Jeff. With Jeff. Great job by Catherine O'Hara. Some fun Larry-style observational bits as well, like you can't say who's invited to a party. The empty gesture the, that folks always take you up on. And to a lesser extent, the eating out of someone else's fridge. Obviously, unless it's a very close friend, you just don't do that. Um, he gives his Seinfeld connection. Larry and Jeff sitting and talking awkwardly with Bam Bam and then fighting over who gets to go to the bathroom was a direct rip off of Jerry and George's meeting with one Alton Bettis. Mm, yes. The, uh, we'll have an Alton uh, in the next episode. Like a funny guy in Korea. Uh, the only difference is I don't think Jerry ended up sleeping with Alton, so that was a nice addition. Uh, the come with guy, he says, not many options here. I'll go with Bam Bam Bigelow for being the funniest character and storyline of the episode. What's Bigelow? Uh, there was a wrestler, Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, yeah, WWF. earlier. Okay, so uh, for his asshole of the week, Jared says, ah, you thought you could hide. You thought you divorced Larry. Take all his money, use his name to get it to fancy restaurants and even insult him about wanting only slivers of Larry. You thought you could leave the show and you live in your cushy lair before I had a chance to call you out for the monster. You are a monster. So vile. Jared. Sorry. Sorry. OK, it's Cheryl. She may not be on the show much, but if she's there, she's getting asshole treatment. Ranking, he says, as discussed earlier, not a big fan of this one. I have it ranked 52nd of 61 episodes so far. Wow. So I'll give it pretty, pretty good. That's one and a half pretties and three and a half no pretties. <laughs> now let's get Leon at the Seinfeld storyline rolling in short order. So Jared, uh, strong, strong opinions here on the yeah. uh, first episode of season seven. Um, yeah. Next, we have uh, the penultimate email this week is from uh, Zach Brooks, and he says a very funny start to the season, even though nobody acts like a real human being. The dinner scene was classic Four pretties. And last up, of course, we have Olin Allen, who says, is this email late? Sorry, if so, but I have been resting for the past two weeks. Mm. Nice, fun opener. Feels Marty is coming more into his own. And the sprinkling of Leon was good as well. 
as usual, enjoying Larry trying to get out of a long-term relationship and his renewed rivalry with Seth Morris. Also, he seems to have had more of an influence on Seth's podcast character, Bob Duca, with him is listing all of his ailments at the end. And uh, he puts in a, uh, a link to one of Bob Duca's appearance. So we'll try to throw that into the show notes so you could uh, see some more of Seth Morris that Olin has selected for us. And he says, Movie Ladder Podcast star Catherine O'Hara was great as the titled character. And he gives the episode three and a half out of five pretties. So Jared um, really had uh, the only, but, but Jared has ranked all 61 episodes. It's not like he's just negative on all of them. He did say he likes 51 of them more. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's pretty low in this episode. That's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you were, uh, I guess, lower than the, most of the crowd as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Ola just finishes off with his uh, his awards. He gives the uh, Come With Gal to Funkhauser's crazy sister, Bam Bam. A bit wacky, but very fun and loving, a good heart, and helping some of her guests have a good time. She should have been treated much better by the three Jewish guys. <laughs> um, yeah, not very nice. Um, the fucking asshole of the week, he gives it to Jeff, taking advantage of Bam Bam and being so forceful about her mental ailments at the dinner table. All right. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that takes us, I think, to the end of uh, season seven, episode one. Great roaring start to the season, uh, even for those who didn't love it as much. Uh, Absolutely. I think, uh, we're just happy to be here. Happy we've arrived. Uh, it's a very, just, you know, major milestone in the show. I did this podcast, I think. Yep. Next week, we have some vehicular fellatio. Larry will urge Loretta to see a doctor who advocates dumping toxic spouses in the hope that they'll, that she'll ditch him. Uh, Larry's attempt to do a favor for Leon will backfire when he accidentally tells Leon's friend that Leon has been sleeping with his wife. So very exciting episode. A vehicular fellatio. Uh, I would certainly say that that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the obvious way direction to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I've heard. I've heard vehicular fellatio is. Oh, I feel like I think I feel like that's the kind of thing that uh, the longer you're married that happens with less and less frequency, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, I would say uh, zero holes, zero times, zero times for me. (laughs) Also harder to justify when you like actually have a house, you know. Let's go out to the car. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how I feel about about any sort of camping. Yeah, yeah. 